The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 209 Breakdown Show. Special guests John Ramdeen and cameos by Robin Black. We gone deep. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I am your host, Dan Tom, analyst and writer for FlowCombat.com, and it is fight week here in Vegas. That's right, my favorite time, because I am biasedly a Vegas local, so all my friends get to come in town, and just so be it, um, you know, my old buddy Robin Black's uh, milling around back here, by the way, if you hear any bagging around, but we have a very... We have a very special guest for you today as well. Uh, if you know Robin Black, as you should, then you definitely know John Ramdeen from FightNet. And he is in town, and we are having some beers and ready to crack things open. John. What is going on? I'm, I'm excited, man. How, how, is that, how are you guys settling into Vegas for Fight Week? I will tell you, I just love this city so much. The people are the best people. I think, uh, you know, I've had a great fortune to go and see some places. And I'll tell you, the people in Las Vegas are super friendly. Remind me of Canadians. And... Uh, this is my thing, getting to see martial artists, uh, seeing this new thing that's going on, seeing uh, Tony Ferguson, man, this guy looks so good at these open workouts that we went to today, and then thinking about Alistair Overeem and Mark Hunt, what these guys oh, are going to do inside of that cage, and as a fight fan, you, we were talking off uh, before we were rolling, we were getting chills about martial arts, and I get chills every day. Thinking about this because they these martial artists inspire me, and you you know you try to your best to when you go to the gym and work and learn the arts to yeah. get a better understanding and appreciation of what these guys do. You'll never do it unless you're, in my opinion, you get in there. But you know if you can try to appreciate the best that you can and and understand the arts and to see these because we get the open markets. We saw Tyron Woodley champion, Stephen Thompson challenger. And Khabib and Ferguson, and they're all just so different. Yeah, they're all so different. Yeah. Like Tony Ferguson, he's just all moving around, and it's it's just beautiful to watch. And you know that if he can do that inside of the cage, it's like holy smokes, that's just magical. So Ferguson was looking good at the open looking workouts. So then, like, good. I dare say, flowy. To use that flowy. word, flowy's the best word. Wow. That's and he he worked, man. All the other dudes were just you know trying to get a little a sweat on. Ferguson's and I talked to him. He was at the, the scrum afterwards. And he said, "He said I I don't like Vegas because Vegas is about work. I'm here to work." He said, "That's why I respect my Mayweather so much because this is he's here to do the work and to perform. He just believes it's his time. You believe him. You believe that he's done the work." I talked to Eddie Bravo as well, and they have a strategy. And they know everybody knows what, what Khabib's going to do. Let's talk to his coaches too. There, there's no. The idea is get in, put this dude down, play your top game, beat him up, become the champion. Should I get closer to you? Yeah, this a little yeah. bit. You're good. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, and, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and Ferguson knows that, and their idea is to have multiple paths. Multiple paths to beat this guy. Beat him up on the outside, smash him. You know, he's going to come in, hurt him, try to do what you can, stop his takedowns. If he gets the takedowns, 
attack. Yeah, yeah, attack. absolutely. Attack, don't, don't let this guy. Yeah. Video, somebody's got a system, 10th Planet Systems, designed for MMA. That's what, it's, that's what Eddie Bravo it's built true. it for. That, that's absolutely true. So, you, you look at this, okay. So, what you're expecting, Tony Ferguson, over the last however many weeks, has been the best guys in the world on top of him, yeah. holding him down. Yes. And Eddie's coaching him how to get out, get back up, smash this guy. While you're getting up, smash him, hurt him, beat this dude up. That's my impression. Absolutely, That's what I got. Absolutely, right, right, right. And he said, if there's no pressure, if I'm, we're taken down, there's no pressure, get up. Get up. That's the name of the game. So just the idea of these cool matchups, Ferguson and Khabib and, like I said, Alistar and Mark Hunt. Yeah, was there anybody else, by the way, at the open workouts? No, besides? just those four. It's the, the, wow. the two okay. the main and co-main event. So Okay, and Woodley and Thompson, they look, they look great. They look and, okay, great. Wow, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I only got to see uh, some undercard guys. I, I, I uh, went to uh, Vanderlei's gym and did some interviews with some of the flow guys. We did uh, Mark Godbeer and yep. Paul Craig. And those guys were, I mean, it, it sounds very cliche. We're kind of speaking about kind of our attitudes, and we're, we're pretty good and realistic and, you know, treating fighters like fighters and people yep. like people, and that's all great. Of course. So I, I almost feel, uh, you know, a cliche saying things like that, but they were genuinely good dudes, and maybe awesome. it's because salt of the earth, I, I don't know, it, it's a really tie pound for pound. I, I, I'd say Canada, based on my sample size of nicest people in the world, but Scotland <laughs> is a real close yeah, second, yeah, my yeah. man. They're yeah. at your I, guys' I, tails. You. you guys better I, keep I, up. I'm with you. I, I've got some uh, good <laughs> friends that are... From Scotland, and they are some good people, man. Yeah, you just get the good vibes. But that aside, uh, uh, Craig's an interesting cat, man. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a school teacher apparently, but you wouldn't know it by his by his attitude. We're, we're trying to interview his teammate, who's also fighting on the card, Mark Godbeer. Yeah. And Craig is doing everything but you know whipping his package out to try to distract the guy. It got it was dicey and, and hilarious, but it's good to see these guys kind of in good spirits coming into a fight as well. Um, maybe a little easier because they weren't at an open workout per se. This was maybe before, before, you know, behind the, the doors of a gym. Yeah, and what's but. cool about this is you, know, you, you look at this is how they're getting comfortable. The media is they're starting to get media attention. That's what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, when you're like Paul Craig, for example, when you're, you're, you're 9 0, you come from Bama, which is a legit organization. Right. You get a win in your UFC debut, things are, things are going good. Yeah. yeah, all your wins are pretty impressive. You're choking everybody out for the most part. Just keep doing your thing. And he's got an amateur background. So he's got more fights than he, it, it says on his record. So, I mean, that's, that's all moving in the right direction. Taking on a guy with less experience. Absolutely. And speaking of which, since we're, we're, we're just, I can already tell just meeting you, we're wired the same way. Yeah, and I was 100%. hoping on that. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I got the same vibe I got with Rob and the yeah. first time I met him. I'm speaking honestly, right. not because y'all in the same room, but that I got with you. So I, I'm, I'm really I'm really digging this, and I know um, we're going to diatribe. And this is the place, the Protect Your Neck podcast, where we break down high-level uh, MMA with diatribes, plenty of them, tangents, all, all that good stuff. So, mm-hmm. so let's go ahead and jump into it, in other words. And we're going to work from the bottom to the top. Sure. Um, we'll kind of work our way uh, through the prelims a, a little a, a little fast. We'll, we'll touch on highlight points that maybe sure. we want to touch on. Sure. And, you know, um, I'll throw out some plays out there for the audience, because I know, I, know, I know y'all gamers are listening to this as well. Um, but uh, I know we're going to get real deep on that main card, of my course. friend. I know we're going to get real deep. So let's get the appetizer cooking. And okay. it's going to start on Fight Pass with Albert Morales uh, welcoming a debutante in uh, Andre. Uh, boy, do uh, you want to give the, the name a shot? No, okay. no I, I really don't. <laughs> that, that's, that's a job for, for John Anik. <laughs> yep, Sukumkoth, yeah. I think. Uh, but uh, And I apologize for, for brutalizing that. Anik does a great job. Sh- sh- he does. Him. 100% debut. 
but, uh, of this dude. There was a lot to like about you know Andre. You know, aside from you know being a debutante, which is kind of hard, and as for a, a betting betting thing, it's kind of a, a I don't always go by this, but a rule of thumb: you don't want to uh, bet debutantes unless they have what I call the attitude intangible, which we see with like Jack Hermanson and Emil Meeks, or obviously Conor McGregor's. Yep. Um, the, those guys seem to somehow do well, whereas Olympians like Daniel Cormier can still stifle with the UFC jitters. Uh, I, I don't. I, I, it remains to be seen. Let's just say the jury's still out on Andre. Um, he showed improved takedown defense. Uh, he's working with Black Zillions, which means now they split between CES. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, CES, and yeah. I, I should know that because uh, Neil's over there, and then Combat Club Henry Hook. That's a tri- uh, Abel Trujillo's there as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's he his, was. That's yep. his gym. Yep. And I know there was kind of a weird split. I don't know the full story. I think. Um, Mindenhall just released a story on that on the Black Zillions today or something. I want to go catch up yeah, on that. He's the man. Yeah, I really like he Mindenhall. Read, if you read his stuff. This guy knows his, he does his work. Yeah, not, not many doing the long form, so I definitely appreciate yeah. uh, appreciate appreciate his labors. And that man's yeah. been doing it for a minute, and he does it well. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, not enough. I mean, I'm, first of all, I'm going to avoid this fight, but I think this is a. Uh, Morales' fight, not just on paper, you know, he's durable, can bring the fight. Sure, he got stopped by Almeida in Brazil. Thomas Almeida. That's a big, I mean, exactly, it's Thomas Almeida. And you got to look at, you know, uh, 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 is this a, is this a, a fight that where a guy is going to be, the pressure is going to be on? Um, in a good or bad sense, remain to be seen, of course, but you got to look at it. He had a draw, I believe, Albert Morales did. He loses. So this is his, uh, this is his, this is his third swing at bat. So I think he's going to be swinging with all his force. I think Albert Morales pulls it off, but, but again, I, I wouldn't put too much money either way in your opinion. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I have no clue. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one, uh, this is one of the uh, uh, ones I, 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 uh, I'll be self-admitted right off the bat. Uh, the I, think, I, didn't I do, think I'm with you. Yeah, I didn't, do much, I didn't do much on this. I, I have seen Amanda Bobby Cooper. We Is saw it, her today. Okay. She, I will tell you, she was looking fit, boy, in tip-top form. Wow. So uh, if, that can, if that tells you anything, it looks like she wasn't eating sandwiches. Wow, I mean, she she sounded like sandwiches she had a. Are so good. <laughs> They're so good. Sandwiches are so good. Yo, talking about food, right? I'm pretty hungry myself right now, actually. Ah, oh, jeez. But uh, no, actually, you know what? I, I don't know why I spaced this. I was on a junkie radio this morning, coasting. She was one of the guests, so I got some questions in on her. But she seemed real sharp. There's definitely not an issue with the sure. weight cut, kind sure. of feeding into your observation there. And uh, she's she, even though it's hard to bet women fights, I, I like it when they have volume. Yeah, I think that's a real strong point because we don't see a lot of finishes and judging. It's hard to even stereotype judges at this point. Even us people who've been watching so long, yeah. you have cards like, you know, uh, two hundred eight or even um, the so last confused. one was kind of just all over the place, right? So, but but volume is definitely a, a positive check point, uh, check mark in my book for those rule of thumbs for what they're worth. And again, rule of thumbs are dangerous in MMA because there is really is no such thing. The, the, the book's always changing. Yeah, I mean, uh, the reality is she's got. She's got four fights. Yeah. Uh, two of those fights are in the UFC. She won and lost a fight in the UFC. She's got a lot of experience for a girl that has four fights. Yeah. Yeah. And the, her opponent, uh, not much on her, but yeah. apparently she's got some real chops. She's a team alpha male product coming out of uh, born and bred of, of that gym. So even though it's a very short sample size to pull from as far as her record, uh, she's training around the quality people. And... You know, um, of course, people are always going to you know buzz their own place and try to get their own course, people into the UFC course, and this and that. That's the way it works. But but at the same time, uh, I don't think Alpha Male has been too drastically off. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, with maybe you. even some underrated products if you look at Josh Emmett and guys like those guys, maybe. But um, yeah, again, it's it's you know it's the it's the full story because we look at this girl. She's making her UFC debut. She already has uh, two stoppage wins. It says three fights. She's got a bunch of amateur fights. You know, she's got six amateur fights. So again. It's only part of the story. She's been in fights before. Yeah. So if you look at that, yeah, 
Cooper might have an advantage because she's had two fights in the UFC, but this girl's had other quality fights, and she's from originally from San Jose. You grew up in San Jose. Again, yeah. if, you're, if you're a martial artist, you're, you've got good martial arts, real Another martial arts. Bed. Right there. If you decide that that's not for you and you move to Sacramento, you're also getting quality martial arts. So it, it doesn't... We have to see. Yeah, exactly. I have to see. Keeping my money away from it, but the pick yeah. is Cooper, who, by the way, the, uh, both Cooper and Morales were the favorites. Uh, not by too much, as, again, the odds makers aren't even that sure of it, so that tells you something, right? Yeah. Uh, last fight on Fight Pass is uh, the aforementioned Paul Craig, who's going to give me flashbacks. I don't know if you guys are Simpsons fans, but uh, Willie from Willie. The Simpsons. Love him. Grease me up, woman. <laughs> That's what I'm going to think of when he hits the uh, check-in station. He's all jacked, Willie. Yeah. Nothing can outrun a grease cutsman, so there's that visual for you guys awesome. when Paul Craig steps at the bat. That, that said, I initially came in leading to, uh, to Tyson uh, Pedro. Yeah. I was impressed what he did, too, even though Khalil's, Khalil's a buddy of mine um, from the punk rock scene. Uh, I, I appreciate. I, I put that aside and, yeah. and appreciate uh, how comfortable Tyson Pedro looked in his yeah. debut. He was singing and dancing on his way to the ring. Yeah. So, again, it's not um, it's not going to be an experience or sure. edge because both these guys have that attitude intangible that I, I was just kind of – you know, hearkening on, and uh, so so you kind of can check that out of the box, and it's going to become you know who's a better martial artist. But yeah. when you get north of two hundred five, even that becomes a foggy argument, right? Because you know one shot can change everything. But uh, I like Paul Craig's uh, jujitsu game. Um, he was looking really smooth in the mitts. I don't think that's too much to say. Uh, sure. he, he likes to switch his stance, and I, you know, I think we might see him do some southpaw. If we look at uh, the fact that Khalil uh, Roundtree came up southpaw. I was able to clock Pedro early on in that fight. Um, maybe he tries to repeat history, cre- create some chaos, get a scramble on the floor. Um, but I'm actually leaning toward Craig. He looks at, he looks in good spirits, and and uh, at this level, sometimes uh, sometimes just clicking and doing doing backflips and smiles is is, is, is is says more than than you think. Like I said, you know, you just have to look at uh, things are moving up. And what's cool about it is you can you can make some noise fast, light heavyweight right now in the UFC. It needs some help. Yes, Espe- absolutely. Especially uh, with, with Misha Serkinov, for example. Oh, yeah. What's going, going on with him, this could be it. You get yourself 10-0 and 0 in the UFC. Excuse me, the guy's got all finishes. If you can look, if you can look fantastic in a second fight in the, U- in the UFC, suddenly people are, people are talking. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, like we were just talking about Scottish people. They, they don't have to try hard to be exactly. endearing. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think Craig, I don't know if you're still, this line's kind of climbing toward it, even as it should. It's a close fight, but Craig opened as an underdog, so if you like Craig and, and, and you want to take a, a fun flyer, that could be a fun one. But, again, I wouldn't put too much either way on your opinion uh, on that fight. And, and Ramdi, and that's going to take us to the prelims on FS1, and, and Mark Godbeer's going to be facing Daniel Spitz. Now, um, not a lot of footage there on, on, on Spitz. He is a Rick Little product, uh, the Pacific Northwest area there. A uh, very, very processed uh, fighter, as in the sense of, you know, he just, you could see, the, he, not that he's making the wrong moves from the clinch to once he gets the takedown, passing the side control. These are all, you know, very A to B to C type type things. Nothing wrong with it, but there's not a particular amount of craft or athleticism in the way that he executes it. So I don't see that athletic intangible even popping out. You know, it makes it harder to see, you know, with the CC guy kind of herky-jerky and kind of awkward with his movements, but not in the be- not in the crafty way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the past kind of start to seem limited. He's taking this on short notice because it was originally supposed to be Todd Duffy. Yeah, right. And uh, I spoke to Mark Godbeer, and he, he's looking good, but also I like the way mentality sounds. He, he comes off as a really, you know, just kind of, you know, nice, humble, simple dude, but... Uh, 
he was taking his last loss hard, but not in the bad way. Okay. Now, sometimes you can see fighters, and we can probably point to a bunch of examples that are popping into our head where they didn't get over that last loss and it's a problem, and then you see they lose that next fight. He wasn't doing that. He was doing it more, and I don't want to talk about it too much the past fight. I don't even want to talk about this fight too much, but it really wasn't me as cliche as it sounds, and he just, he really just really can't wait to show the, the real him, and I really kind of like the positive outlook he he. He he has to it so. Uh, no, it's a, to, to do over. He's got a new new chance to make an impression in the UFC. Lost his debut. That's yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So he's got to uh, just do his thing. I mean, this is <clears throat> his opponent's undefeated, but he's only got five fights. Yeah, I'll be the last person to to to, to doubt any fighter undefeated or not yeah, for sure. But 100%. at the same time, yeah, you're right. The pins are set up, so to speak, to put politely. So uh, I, I got Godbeer here. I don't blame you for playing him because. Uh, uh, it's still a reasonable line for a guy that, that should win the fight on paper against a short notice guy. There's a lot of angles to yep, like yep. there, but uh, I, I'm staying away personally. But that's just because I'm I'm conservative and I bet like an eight year old with an allowance. I just don't know enough. Yeah, yeah. I I just like to give the gaming odds, yeah. like many of the listeners know, um, just because uh, just from the technical side, I feel like a lot of the a lot of the stuff out there, it's it's great, and I love these angles. A lot of these guys are really sharp, by the way. It's just like a huge, whole new age of breakdown people out there, which yep. is awesome. It's awesome. But uh, I, I just try to provide. Uh, that's why I don't sell pictures. I get into any of that nonsense. I'm like, I love the sport. I yep. just love the technical stuff. If you want to use me as a reference, use away. But uh, but this is yeah, the pics are just for fun. Yeah, yeah, of course. And this just to keep things fun, of, of course. But uh, yeah, and the next fight is going to be Yuri Alcantara versus. This is cool. Yes, this Sanders. is cool. go first, please on this one. Right? Oh please, yeah, man, please. this uh, cool hand, Luke Sanders. Yes, this this guy's uh, now again. He's no. It's not as if he's a twenty year old prospect. The guy's thirty one years old. Right. But undefeated, coming from the lab, tough SOB, has a real dangerous assignment in his UFC debut, taking on Maximo Blanco in January of uh, 2016. So it's been uh, been a while. Right. Uh, but he uh, finishes this guy in round one. Before his UFC debut, fought Legacy, RFA versus Legacy. <clears throat> Two awesome promotions outside of the UFC. Fought five rounds. <coughs> fought for RFA. This guy's fought good guys. If you followed RFA, it's all only tough guys. Guys from RFA go to the UFC. And Legacy, what's it called now? Legacy Fighting Championships. I think. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. LFA, yeah, right? Yeah, there we go. So yeah. when you look at the, this guy, he clearly knows who Alcantara is. Right. You want to make some noise? You beat Maximo Blanco, you go and beat this Yuri Alcantara. Oh, yeah. Names that have been around, by the way. They may yeah. not be jump-out names, but they've been around. And what I love about this guy is he can finish you. Yep. He can finish you by submission. He can finish you by knockout. But he's also been in the distance a bunch of times. Yes. Which is key. Yes. Which, in my opinion, is, is important. So yes. I, I think this is a somebody we need to keep our eye on. I think win or lose. Because, again, it's MMA, you're going to lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the name of the game. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm i with a lot of people in that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big uh, Yuri Alcantara fan. Yeah, I think he's an you know, underrated dude. Yeah. Um, and all that, and so I'm with the people that have an angle on this fight where they're playing your. I'm, pl- I'm probably putting a uh, playing your Alcantara spoiler. That is my pick. Oh yeah, yeah. But but the, for the line yep. right now, the last I yep. looked, for example, on uh, Rambi, it was even minus one fifteen across. Yeah. So if you like Alcantara yeah. for those odds, I don't blame you uh, one, one second for yeah. playing it. But to play devil's advocate, yeah. uh, as, as as I've said, you know, um, that's a good bet. Is that uh, the reason why the line is so close for people wondering? Well, Alcantara's this, this, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Lu- Luke Sanders played devil's advocate. Luke Sanders. Has a lot uh, has a lot of southpaw looks. First of all, yeah, yeah, yeah. and granted, it's Byron Bar- Brian Barberina and and, Hen- and Benson, but yeah. they were one seventy. But they used to fight at one fifty five. And guess who else used yeah, to fight yeah. at one fifty five? 
Yuri Alcantara, yeah, who's yeah, a deceptively yeah, yeah, big man yeah, away yeah, from his yeah, reach yeah. to his he height. So maybe it's not a bad training partner. He's a winner. You know, he's got he's got dangerous hooks to finish the show. Luke yeah. Sanders does, but like you said, he's been to decision, which is a good thing. Yeah. And it yeah. also plays into a point yeah. that I'm about to dovetail into. But uh, I think the odds makers make this a close fight is because if Yuri Alcantara doesn't get him out of there. It's going to be really close because the the knock on Yuri Alcantara is volume. He yeah. doesn't throw volume, and he has a good left hand, which which could be here. I think he should lean more than his than his renowned liver kick. And as a southpaw, I love liver kicks more than the next guy. Yeah. I especially love Yuri's because it comes at a weird horizontal angle yeah, where he yeah. kind of crashes under the guard and into the liver. Yeah, and it's and and it's great, especially for the open stance. But I don't know how that's going to translate the same stance. And it's one thing I hearken on a lot, especially as a southpaw. Is people don't real everybody thinks that when a southpaw finally gets a southpaw, we're in heaven. No. <laughs> Not only do Southpaws hate other Southpaws too, we hate them more, I would argue. The distances are completely changed. We've had to not only learn, but we've had to unlearn and relearn yeah, things right. in classes because no one teaches stuff for Southpaws. That's so awesome. our brains are, are wired differently. I don't know how that's going to translate. So if Yuri doesn't get him out of there and he doesn't get Luke Sanders with a decent takedown defense, yeah. he's got that short, stout base, athletic, um, got the energy and gas tank to defend for three rounds, he could you know stack up volume. So my safe play is instead of doing the minus 110 on Yuri, if you like Yuri or minus 110 on Luke, um, I don't think these guys are going to finish each other. And for minus 130, uh, this fight goes to the distance. It doesn't matter who wins. You make some money. It's some nice parlay fodder if you want to play for fun. And you don't you know, get butt hurt no matter who wins. You get to watch two awesome guys go at it. So that's my recommendation for this one. But the pick, yes, is, is Alcantara. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. But what I like about this, this fight is that would you be very surprised to see Luke Sanders winning a decision, split decision, or unanimous decision. I don't think anybody would be surprised no, based on what we've seen from this guy. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think if I had to go, and that's when it comes down to predictions, you know, that's one of the arguments we have is, you know, I don't, I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. I don't know how things yeah. are going to unfold. Yeah. Well, we were talking about debut fights uh, b- before, and that was the fight with Maxwell Blanco you were talking about, Randy. Yeah. And that's, that was his freshman debut performance on short notice. Yeah, yeah. He had everything yeah, yeah. going against yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. And so if he's able to do that against a veteran who, yeah. who creates chaos and makes a- things a- uncomfortable. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I feel that, like I said, nobody's going to stay undefeated in this game. Yeah. Everybody's, there's too many good guys. So for this guy to go and say he suffers a loss, excuse me. <clears throat> To Yuri Alcantara. It's Yuri Alcantara. We, yeah. ex- we expect him to yeah. win based on how good the guy is. Yeah. His losses, Jimmy Rivera's awesome. Yep. Frankie Sainz is a tough, very good fighter. Uriah Faber, Hakran Diaz, like he only loses to the best guys in the division. And yep. he's, he's got close to 50 fights. Absolutely. And on it, paper, who and knows? It, he probably it, has way more. And the two times he was stopped, uh, once as uh, a doctor stoppage, so he wasn't even stopped exactly. by a strike, and the other was a exactly. knee bar. Yeah. And by the way, um, people who train, you know, he's a he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu he, black belt, yeah, yes, yeah. but he's a gi jiu-jitsu black belt. And, you know, leg locks aren't even allowed at a brown belt level yeah, yeah, if you try yeah, to pull right, him off right. in those yeah, skills. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, leg locks are those one techniques where white belts can equalize and catch the black belt. So don't put too much weight into that. But I would expect they're all training this stuff, too. Yeah, absolutely. Now at this age, and that knee bar was yeah. a while ago. Yeah. But uh, the next fight, the biggest favorite on the card for the the reason why I love this card is I love any cards where the picks are all over the place. Yeah. Everybody's boasting on their picks. I'm like, no, I love when picks are all over the place yeah. because we're probably going to get a good fight card. Yeah. This is, though, is the biggest favorite on the card. We have Mirsad Bektik yeah. versus Darren yeah. Elkins. Yeah. You want to go first? I want you to kick us off on this one, okay, too. Okay, so uh, Bektik is uh, this, this a top prospect, this undefeated Absolutely. Kid that everybody likes. He's, he's very good everywhere. He's yeah. super smooth, and, but he's smart, and uh, he can finish fights, and he's durable, but he's fighting... Like the grinder of grinders. Yeah. 
uh, and Darren Elkins. Who, Wikipedia. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the reality is he can get through that area where Mursad can do damage and still and take the punishment enough to get in, get you across the cage, and drag you down and do his humping. Yep. His game where he's on top just smashing you. However, there's going to be getting up and taking down. Getting up and taking down. So it's Mursad's job to beat this guy up every time he moves into this zone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there's a good chance he's going to get takedowns. Or he's going to be taken down. So he just has to do not accept them. Find a way to get up. If he can't get up, he's got to sweep or submit. That's just the way it works. Because we know it's just very similar to Khabib. However, Darren Elkins is going to seems like he would be more than willing to stand and trade for any length of time if he feels that he's getting the better of you in that department. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I really, I really like the, the especially the the tempered analysis too because again. Thank you, sir. Oh, man. You're welcome. Uh, Darren Elkins is, is is the grinder. You you search grinder, you're gonna see mm-hmm. Darren Elkins mm-hmm. as as trophy as, as sounds mm-hmm. as true. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say I think you know Mirsad is my pick here, but I don't. The line seems a bit off to me. Now, granted, this line is a little inflated to minus six hundred. Half minus that. Minus six hundred. Yeah. Exactly. Make, makes you almost want to take. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I see but I don't bet, but. See, that, like, that doesn't make that doesn't make sense. Exactly. Now, granted, half of that I think want to say it was due to the betters. I believe it opened in the range of mid minus three, but even mid minus three um, is very confident. Now, this kid is good, though. Yeah. Well, well here's here's what I got from Israel Bektik. Um, I think you know he's better everywhere, and this fight is gonna. I think he's gonna win, but I don't think it's gonna be pretty at all, uh, as most ninety nine point nine percent of Darren Elkins fights aren't. I think it's gonna tell us a lot because Darren Elkins is. I hate you know relegating this guy's good for this kind of matchup or you know. I, 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 using the word gatekeeper and I don't think yeah, Darren yeah, Elkins yeah, is a gatekeeper not, but he is that. a great guy for showing where you're yeah, at yeah, and yeah, how yeah. you're yeah, ceiling yeah. because yeah. even if Darren Elkins you know um, isn't the best guy he's going to be the guy that tests you if you what you do when things get bad and what's something I like to look at fights is, I like to look when things get bad Darren Elkins beat 21 dudes man 21 yeah. people this guy only 5 people beat him how many strikes did he have to walk through to beat those 21 dudes? It becomes even more impressive. <laughs> so you know you're in for a hell of a night, man. Yeah, absolutely. And But you know, here's what I liked about Mirsad Bechtit. Now, he was the other uh, fighter that we uh, in- interviewed today on, on, the, on, the, on the Junkie Show. And when I got to have a question with him, I, my question essentially was, you know, uh, uh, right now I've, I've I've had a history of, of you know knee knee problems and yeah, stuff and, yeah. and being a leg lock guy. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I've had you know my, my shares of pops and yeah. I, I haven't yeah. had to have a surgery thankfully. But I'm but I've been told from my MRIs I'm borderline there because I've damaged my PCL, MCL, and uh, ACL. So you know uh, right yeah. now I'm kind of in the stage where I can finally grapple again and I'm tapping yeah. faster leg locks yeah, just because yeah. I'm not just trying to mess around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm feeling like what the, I hear these high level athletes I, I can only imagine what they talk about. But that psychological thing is real, in other words. And so I asked him about that and I said, obviously you know you've overcome that because you took the fight uh, in UFC 208 against Russell Doan and you did yeah. well in that fight. Yeah, yeah. But I guess my question is, I'm sure you're confident. I'm not doubting your confidence or preparation from you and your team. But does your confidence go up another level? And his answer was not just the typical stuff you'd expect, but it was very reminiscent to one of the greatest fighters ever, George St. Pierre, and yeah. the fact that he was talking about it like a job. Yeah. And not like a negative job, like 
a job that he yeah. was proud to go to work to do, yeah. and he was he was telling you why this is an important job that I need to take pride in and why it's important. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. went into his whole list, his physical therapy, and how I he like still those does, dudes. does yeah. rehab, and he just treated it like a, he's like this is he was fighting as my job. When I was injured, that became my job. He's like, of course, I trained everything around my knee and did things that other fighters do, but I also you know got an ed- and and I was kind of fun, and I was like, I feel like I got an education too when I got my yeah, knee, yeah. and he was kind of sharing those things, and like that's what I like to hear, and and that's what you know everybody talks about GSP's athleticism or his multi-diverse game and you know those things are true and it's not like that they're they're not but I think you know it was almost too much credit because it was the guy's work ethic like oh I'm a big BJ Penn fan but like oh he was so much weight so much heavier I'm like hey arguably BJ beat him the first time and they're not I, that I far off they're, 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 they're not that far off okay like yeah. he beat him because of work work ethic George George was the first you know pioneer to, to train all these things from different disciplines to when he was injured training on what to do better when he was injured and adjusting his training yeah I just look at that fight that both guys trained their asses off we got to see a hell of a fight in the BJ Penn GSP first fight. Oh yeah, yeah, it's absolutely one of my favorites and, and, of all time. And the second fight was tremendous as well. George had an outstanding game plan. Gas out this dude's arms. It, it that was tremendous. Re- like, and I understand there's a whole the yeah. whole grease situation. Is it is what it oh, is. Oh no, 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 no. But man, oh man, BJ came in shape. George came in shape. It's just George. George and his team had a better game that night. That's that's that. that yeah, that's, that's the way it works. B, I thought BJ in the first fight they had a better plan that yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not absolutely. Uh, oh no no no! Go ahead. No, no I just. Oh no, no! You know, I th- you think about these fights, you think about history, and it's just it's, uh, you get yourself all worked up. <laughs> Me too. I mean, that was my that was like the peak of my fandom. I remember. It sounds silly. This sounds super fan. This guy. is very not my me. Yeah. Is, by, by the way, me too. I mean, as a five nine Hawaiian, we don't have much yeah. to look up yeah, to. Yeah. All right. In any oh, whether we're talking about God. movies. <laughs> Sports like Asians, Pacific Islander, it's a real small list. Oh, we have, we've funny. got a big world population, but yeah, we've got a yeah. real small list of role models. Oh, my God. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to. BJ's I, my guy. Yeah, that's why I was yeah. so happy to, with Robin to do the top five BJ Penn moments because it was just really bothered me. It was just a whole bunch of negative press. Like, he's old and he's fighting. I'm like, listen, he is old, and I believe yeah, yeah. if it was my yeah. choice, which it's not, I would rather have him not fight. But, you know. I'd rather have him fight just a, a 23 year old BJ. Yeah, I wish there was oh that. My gosh. In this age, with the new technology and be, oh my gosh, yeah, I yeah. think he's just again he was doing this shit before anybody else was doing this stuff, and he's he's crushing people. But what he's got to do right now, and uh, he can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He's rich and, and famous. I watch him when I when, I, when uh, there's ever a UFC show and BJ Penn comes into the building drunk. Oh my god, he's the king! Yes! He, oh, yes! His wife and everybody's just swarming this dude! He's got, that, he's awesome. got a superstar oh, thing, yeah. right? A superstar! You hate so to say that, but it's true. He's a superstar. He's, oh, yeah. This, every, if you're a BJ Penn fan, and there's a lot of us out there. Yes, yeah. More than the fucking idiot haters. Yep, idiots. Yep, yep. Uh, the fact is, they love BJ Penn because if you're a martial art appreciator, you understand. If you don't like BJ Penn, you just don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh. That's just a reality. I love hearing that, man. I was having that conversation today with the guys from uh, Junkie Radio. I mean, they've been interviewing fighters for about a decade, and they even said they're like, they're just fighter. Like BJ Penn is one of those guys where we still, even our profession doing this long, we get, oh, it's BJ Penn. Yeah, you course. know, like it's BJ pretty- Penn. So when you when you and again, I'm sorry to go on. No, on it's a okay. Tangent, it's okay. Yeah, this is what the place for. I just think about his influence, and, and if you follow the stuff he's doing outside of M- MMA, jiu-jitsu stuff, like the Mendes brothers are recognized as two of the best jiu-jitsu guys on fucking planet Earth, and mm-hmm. the word is that BJ went there to train it to, what, what is their place called? Not, not the University of Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, I can't remember. 
in somewhere in California. Oh, oh, uh, Ralph, Ralph Gracie. Yeah, no, no, um, Mendez, the Hoffa Mendez. Oh yeah, yeah, Hoffa, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. What's yeah. their academy called? It's, I think it's close to Luke Rockhold goes there, so it's yeah. got to be close to yeah. San Jose. Ours in, in L.A. I can't remember. Anyways, California's crazy for me. So uh, B.J. apparently was there, had the gi on, and these guys are like, if this guy decided to compete and put a gi on, he'd be a world champion. He's so good at jiu-jitsu, it's outrageous. Yeah. And you think about how if he, and again, I don't know what his dedication is. You know, that's that's been the question mark. Right, that ultimate one, right? That's yeah. the question mark yeah. during time. He's the man who, who's, who's guiding him. If, if somebody says you need to do this, like, why do I need to do that? You need to do that. Yeah. yeah. So... Anyways, in victory, but, yeah, in victory and defeat, he, he, he wrote the way. But uh, if there's any any way to segue to the next fight yeah, for, for, yeah, from that is that if we let BJ Penn eat how he wanted to eat, yeah. he would be in the division of these next two men. <laughs> and that is a heavyweight fight between Marcin Tabora versus Luis Enrique. And I say that with all love because I too share the Hawaiian oh, appetite. Yeah. Okay, I'm I, 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 I moved up to 200 bills and I used to compete at 149, 150. Whether we're talking about I, MMA I've or had John's food, the yeah. dude can cook. The dude can cook and the dude yeah. can eat. That sounds dangerous. Absolutely. Okay, I'd be. It sounds like I'd be even more more good friends with this buddy. I'm glad we don't. We live That's in different awesome. countries, sir. Um, but yeah, we got we got Marcin Tabora, who I don't like to call the poor man's Fedor because uh, poor man's Fedor is a weird kind of it could be you know a backhanded compliment. We'll just call him hobbyist Fedor. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, against Luis Henrique, who uh, sadly most people recognize for him getting iced against Fran- uh, by yeah, Francis Ngannou. What are you gonna do? But he he's come back. He's come he's, back. He's not that old. Yeah. You know, he, I don't think Fedor got the money he should have got. He's probably the poor man's Fedor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is not. Oh, MMA history, are yeah, you cruel? Yeah, like Fedor. I think Fedor's good. Just, sure. Yeah. I, th- I think Fedor, so I live in like the suburbs uh-huh. of Toronto. Like right. I live, and when I say the suburbs, I, 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 that's a lie. I live an hour north of the city. I oh, okay. He lives an hour north of the suburbs of yeah, Toronto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, and Fedor lives in like the, my, the, so I live in the t- this town called Barrie. He lives in like the Barrie of Moscow, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah, he lives and Moscow in a- is the Barrie. <laughs> so when we were in St. Petersburg... Fedor was fucking everywhere. Yeah. There were shots of Fedor throwing yeah. a right hand yeah. and like and Mor- numbers mortgage. flying. Mortgage and it's like, crisis. Fedor <laughs> smashing mortgage prices. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like oh, so great. Yeah. He's so, in some ways. Yeah. Fedor is destroying mortgage yeah. prices and it's his fist yeah. blasting it's, through numbers. It's just nonsensical. So we were, like we were in we love that. We, were <laughs> in Russia. we just hope he made the money from that and not he, somebody he else. Did. Okay. Again, from affliction alone, they paid Tim Sylvia and Fedor Tim Sylvia, I believe, was paid eight hundred thousand, and Fedor was paid two million dollars. I'm just Fedor. Wow. Fedor, the team Fedor was. I just hope that got to Fedor. Uh, from from my understanding, that everything is, you know, let's just say Fedor generated. Now, again, this yeah. is all speculative. Yeah. Right, just, right. Let's just say Fedor generated fifty million dollars. Yeah. Right. Even let's call it. Oh yeah. Well. 25 to 50. Okay, let's just say 50 million bucks. I'm pretty sure Fedor has walked away with 10 to 20 million dollars. But you've just offended anybody who does math. No, no, no. You made 50 million. No, I understand. That means other people on your team make more than you make. No, no, I'm asshole. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's right at all. But I'm saying if you're 
living in the suburbs of Toronto, yeah. and you've got 20 million yeah. bucks. No, I'm with you. Do you know what I'm saying? So what you're no. saying yeah. is it's highly likely Fedor got ripped off. Yes. But he was so rich and he generated so much yes. money that even after he got ripped off, he, he made enough he, money. That's, to go that away. is what I'm saying. So you can <laughs> yeah. say, you can try to combat yeah. these crooks yeah. because the fight game is filled with crooks. Yeah. How is that been a part of it? Fedor, I know what it is with hobbies fighting and religion. <laughs> I mean, like, exactly. Where is he spending his money? He's married, he's kids. Like, Have you seen the. He's always in a sauna, naked. Yeah, yeah, with the tree branches. That's a. Boy, that's another story. But, What's uh, interesting about this, so Robin was saying that we were in Russia. We were in right, Russia calling right. the, the World Combat Games. So it was a, a great experience. 18 oh, wow. days, we commentated like 20 Tw- plus different martial arts. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Super. Ramjin did uh, oh. fencing. Uh, fencing, uh, karate, jiu-jitsu, yeah. sambo. Yeah. It was awesome. It was like in a candy uh, shop. Yeah. And what's also cool about that is I went to M1 when yeah. I was there. One of my days off, yeah. I went to M1 and I saw... Uh, Marcin Tybura fight. I live. was busy drinking uh, vodka with the sumo team. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I was there with you that night oh. drinking that. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, so I saw Tybura fight, and the thing is, and Fedor was there sitting, sitting ringside for this thing. And I thought, and he, there's just something lacking. There's like an urgency. Yeah. When he fights, and he, he's intelligent, and he knows how to win fights, but there's not that, when, when you talk about Fedor, Fedor goes to kill. Who are you talking yeah. about? Uh, Marcin Tybura. Oh, yeah. Tybura. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you look at this fight, and he knows how to fight, and he'll be defensive and right. whatnot, and he'll look to finish you if you can, because he does have six KOs. But I expect that... You just don't know. Yeah, I, I think uh, with Tybura, too, it's like... I like that you said... John, that like he he has a lack of kind of urgency and kind yeah. of waits to the last second because even when you break down his technique, it's the same way. Like he yeah. throws hard head kicks, for example, he just got the head kick, or he throws those kind of casting punches. But maybe and, and it's a little easier because it's a casting style punch. But he waits to the last second to snap that. Same with that switch kick that he, he got the KO kick with. He waits to the last second to kind of snap that out there. But I really I really like kind of his patience and composure yeah. and and yeah. technical game. He's yeah. one of the few guys you could see like kind of take it back. Maybe it wasn't like Matt Hughes, BJ Penn in a, a UFC 68 kind of a thing, you know. But for a heavyweight who's, you know, kind of rounder as we like to, you know, yeah. stereotype t- st- stereotype that, but he moves really well. And Henrique, you know, he's he's he's, he's got, you know, um it's weird because you see the Muay Thai experience from the Brazilian uh It's a Pedro Hizzo guy. Right, Pedro right. Hizzo guy. So, uh, attack. Yeah. Attack. It's Jose Aldo. Um, uh, Style and his wrestling attack too, but and it's it's a little weird to gauge I think the wrestlers from from Brazil because they don't share all the same tropes as like American wrestlers. I, but they have wrestling. But they yeah, do. like that's the thing yeah. it, across the board. If you're a fight nation, you have all this stuff. Yeah, you, you're yes. seeing it everywhere now. Like you know, you again. You look at uh, we have Australia on the card. You have Scotland on the card. You have yeah. Brazil on the card. You have you know so many. All these countries now have. Quality wrestlers, quality tie boxers, quality yeah. submission guys. You you're set. And now it's it's your training partners and all of the, the quality right. of people that. Uh, and this guy, he's Henrique. He works with good people. He he does. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but like like you said, like everybody's got these things. And and when you look at the things that kind of everybody has, or these you know kind of uh, 
uh, and I, I hate even using the word facts because there's no almost no such thing in this game, but these universal facts, if, if you will, um, all top game guys or all wrestling guys usually do what? To stand or in scrambles or yeah. in transitions, they turtle. And when you turtle, even though I'm a big fan of turtling and I'll get into this later, uh, um, turtling inherently exposes your back or it's a heavyweight, you know, a front headlock. You but not stay there long. Yeah, but in this case, this is one of the few heavyweight fights where, you know, you know, you, uh, you, there could be a potential back take with the way their styles oh, yeah, line up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that being said, I see Tabura just a step Decision. ahead. Uh, I'm Decision. keeping my money away, but I, I, I yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I see Tabura taking in the score. Well, the thing, I, I would not be surprised to see a knockout considering that Henrique is, is young. Yes. His, his losses are by stoppage. So... Uh, Super young for a heavyweight. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, he could be a yeah, different fighter yeah, when we see him, too. Yeah. That so I, that. Would I be surprised to see Tybora win a decision? I would not be surprised. Would I be surprised to see Tybora win a knockout? I would not be surprised. I would be surprised to see Tybora win a submission. Uh, I would not be surprised to see Henrique win a knockout as well. So Nice. I like how you broke down that fight, and I'm going to do that for something on the main card, which we will get to right after this short break. Refill your drinks, we will refill ours, and we'll be right here for the main card on the Protect Your Neck Podcast. Here in the Protect Your Neck podcast for the UFC 209 breakdown with my new friend, yes, 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 friend John Ramdy in the house. Yes, what is going on? Yes, and of course we have Robin Blackmillan around behind Ooh, us. Just getting a bunch of stuff together. I have a meeting at the UFC about this this uh, second screen experience thing we're doing this weekend. So I just got to gather up a bunch of stuff. All good, brother. You'll be like the the, the uh, pop up video segment for a reference to date myself there. You know, you'll, you 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 can That's pop up with show. a little blurb great there. Great show. A little oh, throwback I'm to nineties. Like Love it. Barking back and forth. <laughs> Hilarious. You said date yourself. Nobody under 30 knows. <laughs> oh, I know that one. Yeah, I grew up with the Muppets. Yep, yep, no. Uh, people know what the Muppets are now, I guess. Start getting the Swedish chef a, in a second. Yeah. yeah. Have, oh, yeah. Or a be- beaker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, beaker is still the visual thing. Yeah, even right, in the awesome. science, if this someone says beaker, I'm not thinking of, I'm not thinking of the glass thing. <laughs> yeah. And, Girlfriend's a science teacher. She's gonna piss me off. Like, you really? You, you equate my thing to something? No, I'm just kidding. No, just kidding. You, you, uh, but we what were we on? Oh yeah, two hundred nine's happening this week. Did yes. you guys know that? I, I just oh found that out. No, just, <laughs> 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 yeah, apparently George St. Pierre is fighting Bisping. A bunch of stuff's happening. Mm-hmm. Happening. Happening. But uh, there was announced today, so it's, it's fun times. We're gonna break down the main card. Starting with the first fight on the card. Now, I don't know if this is because Joe, Joe Joe Silva's not there, but one of the the main kind of tropes you could get in the UFC card layout was uh, a lightweight fight starting the main card. And with the lightweight fight, lightweight division being one of my favorite divisions, and in my opinion, one of the deepest divisions awesome. next to welterweight, and 145 creeping up there. Awesome. So, so not shit on any other divisions, but 155 is my division. Wow. I love it. But no, no, you know, this is a great action fight to open up for the heavyweight card. Yeah. You want to go first, Ram, dude, on this one? It's heavyweights, hunt, right? Hunt, hunt, hunt over him, baby. I just can't even believe they're going to start with this because we were talking about it today, Robin and I. Uh, so you're, they're already paying for the pay-per-view. Well, do you need to open with Overeem and Hunt? Sure, let's give her. Uh, <laughs> when, when I when I think about this fight, like I just 
I, I can't even I, I can't even contain myself. Like the idea of two smart, talented, incredibly crafty stand-up guys and the, the, my question is, what game is Alistair Overeem going to play? Is Alistair Overeem going to say, you know what? I can beat this guy. I can beat him standing. I'm gonna, he's, he's not going to be able to react as fast as I'm going to be able to set traps. Yeah, he might know them, but he doesn't know them from me. Is he going to play that game? Is he going to try to trick Mark Hunt and trap Mark Hunt with tie boxing? Or is he going to make an, M an MMA fight? Is he going to look for trips? Is he going to look to... Put him on the ground. Is he going to smash him up against the cage? Or is there enough ego involved? And I'm on a tie boxing kick right now. I've never okay. seen a sport where there's more ego and, and machismo than, than Muay Thai. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. modified Muay Thai. Modified whether you're Brazilian Muay Thai or Dutch Muay Thai. Oh, yeah. Or, yes. or you know, the style that my, my coach teaches is that K1 style of of Muay Thai which translates pretty well to MMA and as both fucking these guys were K1 champions so it does translate very well to MMA what game is Alistair Overeem going to play because we know what game Mark Hunt's going to play just like we know what game Khabib's going to play Mark Hunt's going to constant movement yep. fast hit you high hit you low he's yep. just going to want to land his hand to Alistair Overeem's face. Right. And when it comes down to it, who's tougher? Mark Hunt can mm -hmm. take a hell of a beating. Yep. Alistair Overeem can too. Yep. But we've seen Overeem, there's times where he's been finished that way. So that's the way I anticipate this fight going down. I expect Overeem to start playing the distance game. I actually don't know. I just, it's hard to... There's so many options for him. It is. There's a lot of options technically, and then when you get into the intangible section of the outside of the cage stuff, it becomes an even almost more confusing, uh, you know, clusterfuck, if you will. Yeah. Uh, got to earn the explicit rating because I put it on there every time, so I got to make sure I yeah. get a few curse words in. So feel free, guys. But no, just kidding. No, but, but you know, there's, 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 in other words, there's a lot to go into it. Now, I, I agree with everything you're saying, and it's right. I think I think we're gonna see the more um, Alistair Overeem. MMA version, uh, being with the Jackson Wank and the, 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 these adjustments that we've seen there, where, where he's kind of, you know, he's circling and he's like a torpedo, uh, torpedo plane making his bombing run like the Pearl Harbor movie, and now he's kind of, he's kind of just coming in with these, and with was one of the highest striking accuracies yeah. in the heavyweight yeah. division. It suits him, and then when you you know factor in his chin issues, it definitely suits him because it it protects him a little bit that style from unnecessary. You got to get in. In and out, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. And Mark, but I think Mark Hunt not only is his left hook going to be potent as it always is, but I think it's more the after the, the leaving. I think it's off the break is where he's going to be most potent in this fight. I, now, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. yeah, yeah, I yeah. Agree. It's more. I mean, he can. He's more than capable of intercepting, right? Um, and obviously, uh, he could. He, I wouldn't be surprised. But I have a feeling it's going to be more off the break with the way. Overeem exits clinch. Exits clinch. He's going to exit then because. Well, it's even we if we're Mark Hunt, we're hyper aggressive. We want to get our yeah, head yeah. all the way to the distance to his face. Yeah. By being hyper aggressive, we might end up clinching with him. 
As we go to break off that clinch, we throw that hook on the way out, or we throw something on the but way out. But if you're out. over him, you don't let the you, break yeah, happen. I know. You trip. Uh, yeah, 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 true. true. And, and that's where that, that's where the fight gets interesting for me, guys, is the clinch battle. Because, like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, at least, uh, like, I talked to Robin before, I'm a nut when it comes to hand fighting. Mm-hmm. And my opinion, what makes good ground strikers are the same thing that make a guy good in a clinch fighter. And it comes down to grip fighting. And next to, you know, guys like, you know, um, Barnett, I believe, I believe Overeem's one of the best clinch fighters in the division mm-hmm. as far as just yeah. tools he has in yeah. there. And he really uses that grip fighting to do that damage, whether it's the elbows on the ground. And can you imagine what it feels like to oh be clinched Oh, my. No, yeah. I couldn't yeah. imagine. Just try to wrap your head around yeah. it. Just as you've been clinched ever before. Or if you've but Mark Hunt has been. Yes, he has. Yeah. But just for the rest of us. Yeah. If you ever have, or if you have someone close to you and you get them to put yeah, the yeah. bone yeah, of their it's, forearm it's, yeah, into your collarbone yeah. yeah. and pull down on the back yeah. of your head, that would kind of hurt. Then imagine his power, but also imagine the size and the leverage. As he drives, yeah. like it would just be yeah, a de- horrible yeah. experience yeah. just to have him clinch your hand. I mean, we're doing K one with just one, clinch, one, ha- just one hand and a glove. Yeah. Oh. oh, looking at K one with one yeah. hand and a glove, how much he was yeah. able to yeah. do? Oh. They have to change the rules yeah. because of that guy. Exactly. <laughs> There's other reasons the why they. It's like, hey. Yeah, that too. That too. Yes, Uberim. Yeah. Uberim. Yes, absolutely. What? For those of you who you know, don't have visuals, which is nobody, Randy just puffed his chest out and sort of simulated a body uh, A guy on the beach who was kicking sand at people. Essentially, yeah. I don't know what you mean. That was video. Uh, but, but no, it's, it, it's, it's true. And, and, you know, if this fight was a year ago, I'd pick Mark Hunt. And I think if this fight was two years ago, I think everybody in this in this room, maybe, you know, we, we all could pick yeah. Mark Hunt anyways. But we just for the example, would pick Mark Hunt. But it's hard because you have this intangible, the out-of-court battles, where's his head? You know, he did come in early, early like you like to see the Australian fighters do. You know, he, he, he went fights, to Shrink Couture. He seems that... And he always fights, yeah. Once the cage or yeah, inside yeah. of the ring, all that other stuff doesn't mean anything. He it seems to live in the moment. Both of yeah. these guys live in the moment. That's why it, to me, is super compelling. Yeah. So when you think about Alistair Overeem exiting, so you get into that clinch, and it's like, well, Mark Hunt's going to attack, and that's where he's very dangerous in that right. position. So if you're going to exit, you've got to make this guy defend a takedown. Yes, yeah. And then get out if you're yeah. going to do damage or that circle way. like he's been doing kind of in the clinch too to get his takedowns, which I think we might see because Mark Hunt, he, 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 he is deceptively, uh, you know, Good, good reflexes and his stout nature makes him He's hard fast, to take man. down. So, so double legs have always been tough, but single legs have, have worked better. Alistair's not really a single leg guy, so I kind of looked inside the clinch, and you know, you kind of see how he did with Stefan Shruby circles, yeah, yeah. and he's learning these these principles of hips and, and circling and the importance of that Very in wrestling, and, and and that Very could be a smart. tool he for a guy like Hunt. Dangerous. He has become he his brain has become the the key development. Yes, for this yeah, guy. you just yeah. see it. Uh, and truthfully, take away a lot of your muscle, take away a lot of your physical advantages that you had due to whatever horse meat you were taking, <laughs> I mean eating, yeah. and then, and then uh, what are you going to do? What are you yeah, left yeah. with? Yeah. If you have some deficiencies yeah, in the physical, yeah. well, we got to yeah. make up for it somehow, and he's really smart, really experienced, so he's going to find the answer. And, and, and they don't mess, he doesn't mess around. You're not going to see Alistair Overeem going crazy. No. Everything will be measured with, with his punches. Every one of those oh, yeah. is going to count. Yeah. So that's... Oh, I just can't wait to see this fight. Like, so my official pick here, I guess, because like, you're kind of breaking down. I like how you're kind of going down the results. And I am picking Overeem, although very reluctantly. Very reluctantly. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those picks where I, I hate to say I wish I'm wrong because it feels like I'm discrediting the guy I'm picking uh, you know, as a fighter and then me as an analyst. And that's not my intention there. But but I, I'll, I'll be honest. you know, I'm honest with my, my biases. I, I can't help but root for Mark Hunt yeah, we from all his right. contract yeah. stuff from the beginning to yeah. his deal now. But... Uh, 
that being said, I have Overeem and Overeem by decision because if you're looking at the realistic pass, you know, Mark Hunt, I agree, is the tougher decision, fighter. Right? Overeem's been dropped or stopped in five of his last nine fights, and all of his losses have come by strikes. Yeah. All the way dating back to 2005. Yeah. Guys, yeah. I hate to interrupt. Uh, yeah. Two things came into my... And by yes, the time please, people please. hear this, it'll, this will be old news, I realize, but it's still it's something interesting to talk about. Yeah. The first one being St. Pierre opens... This is in my email. St. Pierre opens as betting favorite over Bisping. Wow. Wow. The second one, Dana White. Misha Serkinov has re-signed with the UFC. Yeah, nice. So that's, nice. That's, that's really good. That's really good news. Yeah, I, really I'm good. a fan of uh, Serkinov. Uh, extreme How Tour Vancouver. Yeah. Toronto. Toronto, Toronto. Oh, sorry, Toronto. Sorry about that. He's one of the jiu-jitsu instructors. Okay. He's also yep. the, you know, the star. And a good right. cat. Nice. Super good okay. cat. Very awesome. smart, and you see him, you're really seeing him develop. Man, I miss, I miss, uh, I don't want to bring a bad marriage or anything, but I mean this in the best spirit, but I, I miss the days of, I was lucky enough to at least take some classes under Sean Tompkins when we had yeah. that that strong line of extreme couture and Canadian guys. Cool. We had, you know, the Polish hammer, Hordecki, when he was yeah. a prospect still yeah. coming up and yeah, right. seeing all these guys. And it was just, Very it was just cool. amazing. It was an amazing window. I did not time, have man. the pleasure. I actually, Sean Tompkins gave me my first interview in MMA. So wow. it was uh, to be able to, he opened his doors and I, that day I interviewed him and he was the first one in the Hominick and Stout and Hordes. That uh, Tompkins gave me my first two yeah. as well. Wow. And you he, he, he trained you? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. He so trained you guys me were trained and I him. stayed at his house. Uh, Tompkins, when I did this little uh, TV pilot, when I was getting into fighting, he lined up and got me Mark and Sam and got them to train with me and show me some things and stuff. And Sean was a fucking really sweet, very special individual. Like you're not just, and, and anyone who knows him would say, anyone who knew him on any level, and, and Mark Hominick talks about how after Sean passed away, that there were so many different conversations he had with people where they're like, I didn't even realize that this person knew him like that, but he'd see that in their face how much of an impact Sean made on them. He was just one of those guys who was a very, very special person. I could see that I didn't I didn't get to know him on that level. You know, it was more just I was a student. And, mm-hmm. you know, this was Extreme Couture 2000, End of 2006, beginning of 2007, when I started there, yep. when they just opened. So Randy had his career revamp. So so Sean yep. was down there a lot. That was yep. one of his corner yep. guys. So he would bring his guys down there, you know, to see uh, you know Sam Stout get ready for his Joe Lozon fight. And I was yeah, like, wow, this guy's defending cool. takedowns really well. I'm a Joe Lozon fan, but yeah, we might yeah. be in for a surprise yeah, here, yeah, 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 you know. And this is this is crazy yeah. windows in time where we got to look back and appreciate. Cool. But yeah. uh, okay, cool. The ne- the next fight is going to be. Uh, Lando Venata. Speaking of lightweight, this one I thought they would open with because it's a lightweight fight. Lando Venata. That's what versus, I expected. Yes, David Timor. Um, and th- I'm pretty sure this is going to be fun to watch. I think this is oh, going yeah. to be very exciting for people. Savagery for as long as it lasts on the feet. But I have a feeling Lando's going to remind us of his wrestling base in this one. Um, it's something that you can kind of see when you go back and look at his earlier fights. Uh, he's another one of those guys. We're talking about you're talking about BJ being better than you know you talk about guys being better than the on paper credentials. Yeah. Um, say which is even crazier when you think that you're talking about BJ for, yeah. for that. But uh, for Lando, I feel the same way in the sense of he was a dropout collegiate wrestler. I forget for which state. Forgive me. But uh, yeah. he dropped out to go straight to Jackson Wink, where he's one of the few guys on the UFC level that is born and bred from the Quiet Storm, uh, Brandon Gibson. I call, I call him the Quiet Storm yeah, of uh, yeah. Jackson Wink there. Cerrone puts this dude over. like this. Uh, the, the coaching there is just, yeah, man, oh, man. And the stuff, they Hard understand what the future is. Yeah. So they're building guys. They built guys for the, the past and the guys for the, the present. And I believe that Lando Venata is the... Clearly, he's the guy that's oh, being yeah. built for the future. The guy's from this, again, from, he's from New Jersey. So we've seen what those dudes have. Oh, yeah. J- J- Jim Miller? You know what I mean? Frankie Ed- He's from the same town as Frankie Edgar. Oh, geez. Tom's River? 
So, you and he saw like to think about this kit, this cat's growth. And we ran into him today. We're shooting our uh, Robin and I were shooting our uh, oh, nice. GSP uh, Bisping chat. And he crashed into the our shoot. Just <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. So, it got the body lock anyways. So little salutations cool there, and and uh, I just the guy's so creative, and he's crafty, and he's smooth, and I don't th- he I think he knows he can do the wrestling thing if he wants to make it about that. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think this dude wants to dazzle. Yeah, you want to bring it to me standing? Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna knock yeah. you the fuck out. We uh, he definitely has that in him. He's got that. Yeah, yeah he's absolutely. Not, I'm not shying away from we, anything. We commentated a couple of his fights in Japan. Uh, what was it, Pancras? Pancras. Pancras. Yeah. And uh, he he can he can rumble too on the ground. He can he can flow in the grappling just the yeah. same. But I think he could be. He'll take that. Yeah. If he's if the opportunity's there and, and, he's, he, and he's screaming out. Right. Right. I'll I'll go. I'll take you down. Right. Pass. Head and arm choke. Whatever he's gonna do, whatever for sure. And I agree with you that 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 dog is definitely in him, and that's what kind of that's what kind of worries me though. Because I, I agree with you, but that's what kind of worries me because this motherfucker. Team, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry to cut you off. This no, dude yeah, yeah. signed to take a short notice fight in his UFC debut yes. against Tony Ferguson. Yeah. That's where the hype comes from, comes from fruition. It's not a guy can hit a frying triangle. That tells me nothing. A guy takes a short notice fight in Tony yeah. Ferguson. That he's tells me a lot. Spinning hook kick against, uh, against <laughs> John McDassing. was cool and all. That's, but you're right. What type of crazy motherfucker crazy motherfucker yes. Yes. who comes from who's yeah, like that's more impressive there's not, it's like It's not as if you don't hey, who are they going to try to get you to fight? You're from who knows? You're from northern Canada. It's like, oh, this uh, Tony Ferguson guy. If you're oh, Craig Jackson, yeah, exactly. Kakua. Yeah, Whatever. these guys are Craig Jackson's new. Who the fuck yeah. Tony Ferguson was? Exactly. And do it. Exactly. It's like, dude, we got a fight for you. You win this fight. You just look good in this fight, and everybody's going to be talking about you. Yeah. Banana comes out, d- drops Ferguson. Head kick. Yep. You. you uh, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely correct. Right, right, right. in his yep. UFC debut, losing effort. People lose. Who gives a fuck? You know, yeah, you know, and he, I talked about before, like, certain guys that have that attitude intangible, and it sounds silly, but now that, you know, I, I'm starting to pay attention to it more, not just from the, the Conor McGregor, which is the best example, but from, you know, Emil Meeks to Jack Hermansons yeah. to, uh, I was real high on Gavin Tucker, and thankfully proved me right on his last one. And, you know, like, these guys, they have that, that, that attitude intangible. I, I feel silly if it was a couple years ago talking about this, sure. but now that I'm seeing and I'm like, oh wow, and he definitely has that, and that explains that, and that's all impressive. But the, the reason why it worries me is even though, the, you know, oh that can be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that yes, can yes. be a very bad. Thing. According to the odds, Bechtick over Elkins is the biggest favorite. But in my opinion, um, one of my guys I feel highest about um, is Venata. That being said, I'm also you know one of the few people out there waving the flag for Timor where. You know, this guy is dangerous in certain, certain spots, particularly in the counter. Like, I went back and watched this guy's Muay Thai fights. Now, if guys, there's different levels of Muay Thai kickboxing yeah, yeah. backgrounds, right? We all know right. that without disparaging anybody. But I'm a Muay Thai fan as well, yeah. so I like going back and watching because people like to say, oh, strikers, if you go to the ground. And I'm like, no, if you, even if you just do a basic Muay Thai class, at a certain point, you're going to have to do neck wrestling drills. And you're yeah. going to realize real fast yeah. that there's a whole body core, there's a yeah. whole yeah. thing that yeah. translates. Yeah. And that's why I was high on people like Shevchenko yeah. and so, so on and so forth. Although it's kind of hard because she has other. Yeah, yeah of course. That, Neither yeah, here nor yeah, there, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about. And uh, the Mo- judo girl right, too. But, so right, but on paper Muay Thai translates yeah. better to grappling at least yeah. on paper than other striking, right? Yeah. And um, 
so I, I went to look back, and that's what kind of bothered me about Timor is that he was a, even in the Muay Thai realm where there wasn't a you know there wasn't ground attacks prevalent. He was a Muay Thai guy that did not like the clinch. Not only did he not favor it, but like he would purposely back away to kind of do these aggressive strafes in, and. Even though that, yeah, which is really a K one style, right? K one, yeah, and, he, and you, I think this guy's from Sweden, all star training that that area, and so you're gonna have what you, yeah. what you call the modified Muay Thai. So yeah. perfect, yes. But the thing was, since he came into MMA, which makes sense because you know he doesn't have a lot to like on the ground. Half of the times he's ended up on his back is because we've been off failed takedowns from his own, and that was even at the yeah. UFC yeah. level, yeah. which yeah. is troubling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm not you know, not trying to knock, but just just saying realistically, you know. So it's smart that he wants to counter, and in that, you know, he's got you know the counter left hand from his last fight, the counter uppercut. Against Martin Spence in the fight before, so he, he he knows how to abuse that inside angle, and 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 so that's what kind of worries me because to set up the kick against McDessie or um, yeah, I remember the cock against Ferguson that dropped him, but I think before that he tag he didn't drop him, but he tagged Ferguson with a spinning back yeah, fist, yeah, yeah. and that was all something that I'm sure there's a much more proper word, but I like to just call it call it a kick feint. Whereas, you know, unlike the Jackson Wink where they have all those variations of the Winkle John kick to the knee, they're using it all these different tactical ways. Lando's uses it different where he's not using it as like kind of a preset combo or to get an A ver- get to A to B like normal. He's using it to let you decide on what his next move is going to be. Just, he's just trying to create a reaction. And so that same spin. Steven Thompson yeah. does a lot yes, of that. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, that, that, and that's kind of more of a, a different tile, a style of pool. You know, Pull and returning, or you know, there's you know, there's not a name for and it. Kempo Karate. You're yeah, right. Stephen Thompson yeah. does it, and as a Kempo Karate, you know, like with myself, it's just it's, I, I pick so, up on that. So when I, I look at that, you have to expect that he's going to be able to do what he wants. Yeah, I think it's going to be no right. need to, to go to the ground because he's he just right. It's going to have a. He's going to play his game. Does that mean that Timor can't win this? Fight? No, of yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. we know the game. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. But. Are we going to be surprised? I think we'd all be surprised if he won. I would be too, because again, I'm most confident. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, I think the one window for Timor here is when Venata, when you do something with the intention to faint or it's not your end game, there's a subconscious tendency to throw it a little bit of a slower speed. And something I noticed from Timor from that did follow him from his Muay Thai to his MMA is he catches kicks and blasts guys really well. So it kind of worries me that I'm hoping, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Gibson, Landos are super smart. I'm sure they're going to have different setups, different game plan. But that faint kick that he leaned really heavy on, heavily on his last two fights, I think if he leans as heavily on it, doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't play something out or give him something to work from early. You know, it, it could, I mean, you know, as far as leaning pass out, but again, I'm, I'm with you. I have a hard time seeing, even if this just stays on the feet, forget yeah. that Venato knows how to wrestle because like we're talking about I think Venado's a better wrestler than on paper well yeah. he is certainly a better striker yeah, than what's 100%. on paper so I, I, I'm with I'm with you there yeah, just I, playing I could, devil's advocate yeah I'm with you but yeah. I, I compare it to Stephen Thompson in the sense it's like he's not supposed to be leaning that heavy yes yeah but he gets out of the way. Yeah, he gets out of the way. His stance is so wide, but he makes it work. Ooh, we're gonna get, we're gonna get, we're, yeah, yeah, I know we'll get back. We'll no, get no, 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 no. You're touching on a topic. No, keep continue on. But I'm saying you're touching on a topic right now that we're gonna we're about we're about to dive into one fight away from here. So I'm really excited. It's all individuals. Ooh, it's yes, like Mark Hunt's yes. not supposed to be that fucking no, fast. No, yes, absolutely. He's not supposed to be that fast. Absolutely. He's mobile and he's quick and he can confuse you with his fucking footwork. You're judging him by his physique. You need to get that exactly. out of your head right now your before head. you before There's you go any further. Have these certain abilities. Absolutely. And Venata has these certain abilities. And if it's not working for him, I expect we'll see some modifications. Okay, so, yeah, exactly. Modifications. Now, another M word that's not modifications is middleweight. Yeah. And this next fight is a middleweight fight that I expect all we would all be all across the board on. Maybe not, because I, I this is a fight where I initially came in favoring one person. Of course. 
and leaving with the other. I am talking about Rashad Evans mm-hmm. versus Daniel mm-hmm. Kelly. Um, do you want to lead off on this one, my no, man? No, you give her. I'd like okay, to... Okay, okay. Yeah. I came in leading to Rashad Evans because Rashad Evans should win this fight on paper. Uh, furthermore, I went back to watch Rashad's footage. I probably shouldn't have had to. I've run him through the, the proverbial comb, so to speak, yeah. quite a few times breaking his fights down. But I went back to watch the early stuff coming off tough. And I think even that Rashad Evans, before he realized he can strike with Sean, Sean Salmon knockout, I think the Rashad Evans just using grappling, which I hope he goes to in this fight because I think he has underrated grappling. I, even Rashad supporters don't give him enough credit there. Um, I think that Rashad Evans beats him. If he goes to the Rashad lately where he's relying on striking to get it done, that Rashad Evans should beat him too. But the reason why I started leaning the other way is because when you kind of look at it that – that um, I don't mean simplistic in a bad way because simplistic in a good way, how you yeah. break down the avenues of this fight, if it's a decision – and I'll explain why here in a second I see Kelly. If it's a submission, which I don't honestly don't feel strong about either guy to getting a submission, but I would lean more toward Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a knockout, especially if it's on the feet, I would lean more toward Evans. And aside from that basic, stupid, subjective two-to-one breakdown that I just did, yeah. the reason is because looking at Rashad Evans and Dan Kelly. Rashad Evans, first of all, he has, which troubling to me as an aging fighter, he has a timing-based game. We all know that's the first thing to go. And not only is that me speculating or judging off other sample size, well, let's look at Rashad's yeah. sample size. Yeah. He hasn't had a solid win since, a, I dare say, defeated Chael Sonnen going into that fight and uh, you know and, and a split decision in Dan Henderson that was close and even the round that he decided the one round that Rashad decisively won where he knocked him down he still looked like he was defeated in that you know when the, when they read the decision to after the knockdown where his corner was trying to encourage him and, and there's, there's these intangibles you know we saw it with Tim Kennedy his original opponent you know Rashad looked great on social media on the pads his shape but you know getting ready for a fight and having to come down and peaking and coming down that can mess with a fighter that's a big intangible forget that this is the first time he's at his weight class unlike Tim Kennedy who's performed at middleweight before so there's these a lot of flags where I don't blame you for being on Rashad but for a growing minus 250 and growing I imagine hit minus 300 by fight time favorite I don't know if you want to put your money too heavily on that Dan Kelly on the other hand the reason why not just because of that not just because I've gotten the last three Dan Kelly fights wrong mind you so you should by the way, not listen to anything I had to say about Dan Kelly because I, I, I said bet the house on him. You know, but unless Dan Kelly's knee blows out on his way to the octagon, his yeah. opponents went in this fight. Like, yeah. I was that jerk off. Not really. I'm not disrespectful. Uh, I like Dan Kelly, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, Dan but, Kelly, it's, it's, when okay. you look at this fight, again, it's on paper. And I remember yes. I, I, I interviewed Josh Thompson one time, former Strike Force champion. Okay. And he said, you know, everybody looks at these fights on paper because fights don't take place on paper. And he goes, but I understand what people are looking at because there's certain truths. And I think most people, if they look at this fight, it's like, Rashad Evans, for God's sakes. Right. Rashad Evans knows what it took to be a champion. He knows how to fight. He, he has wrestling. He has striking. He's been around the best people in the world for years and years and years. Does Rashad have the same motivation? Does Rashad, what, why is he fighting? Yeah. When you look at Dan Kelly, right. when you look at his 12-1, and one, Get knocked out by Sam Alvey for him to come back and win three straight fights after a knockout tells you what type of guy he is yeah in addition to that before he was knocked out by Sam Alvey he he won a unanimous decision over Patrick Walsh Robin and I called Patrick Walsh one of his fights outside of the UFC in, in uh, substance cage combat wow. and Pat Walsh is like the ultimate fucking grinder 
Yeah. And if you can yeah. deal with the this type of wrestling guy. Now he was cut after a, a slow under underperforming night in yeah. the UFC. Yeah. He, he came through the Ultimate Fighter, but when he was on his game, that was a that is a real fighter. That's a yes. real fighter. Yes. Yes. Real top yeah. game player. Exactly. And if he gets you down, he, and that's his game. Yep. His game is I'm trying to wrestle you the whole time. Yeah. So for Dan Kelly to deal with him. Is he? Is that Rashad? Well, you're gonna deal with dealing with a guy that could be faster, or maybe not. He's 36. Right, right. Is so Dan Kelly's 39. So you're dealing with two guys that are closer to 40 than they are freaking 30. Yeah, I mean, everyone. I made a joke on it earlier, jokingly, of course, but with a big joke here, Dan Kelly's age. But yeah, 39 to 37. There's not a big uh, gap here. And as much as you can look at Dan Kelly's walking gait and have concern for the man, guess what? Not just a twelve and one, but if you watch you watch all those fights, he comes to fight. Comes to fight. And that what has been Rashad's problem, and not just you know one guy showing up, the one guy not. Was just like right. But it felt like he gave that fight away. Yes, and 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 you could say that a lot. A lot of his fights, and that's kind of the troubling part of his sample size. But a little more of a hard um, fact, I guess, backing my Kelly thing up is the left hand. The left hand has troubled Rashad traditionally. Uh, whether we're talking about the crosses from Lyoto, a southpaw, we're talking about a complete different style and stance of sure. the jabs of Bader, or the left hook of Glover. Um, and I think this is because Shaw... Those is, are all good weapons, because though. They're very, what, they're, they're all those, very... I'm saying... Uh, from, Bader's left yeah. hook is his weapon. That's, so of all those yes, guys, those that all was, those guys, that's their weapons. Granted, but, but, but I guess going further into that, I want to see if there's a correlating side on Rashad, because again, these guys are great. That's their weapons. That's fine. There's no shame in that. Yeah. But... On Rashad's end, what I notice is the fact that, you know, one of the criticisms you could say he's been a little bit better since with Henry Hooft of using, you know, incorporating a left hand as a check uh, hook, even though he doesn't use it as much as he should, because I think it's pretty effective. He doesn't go to the jab as much as he should. In other words, he doesn't go to the left side as much as he should. He depends a lot on that right to do the intercepting. It's served him well for so long, and he's kind of Mm -hmm. on that, like many fighters we've seen, that that, that classic trope, right? But in doing so, I notice he loads a lot to his right. And again, with the troublesome part about being reliant on, on timing and stuff for your offense is the same thing with your defense because he relies a lot on head movement. And the problem is when you inherently load to your right, as dangerous as it is, can be slipping left to right no matter what the direction, no matter what the opponent is. There's there's inherent risks there. But sure. he, 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 he resets to that, that home side, though, so hard that anything from the left side, whether the stance, like I said, no matter the style or no matter the strike, he seems like he's consistently running his way into that. It feels like he'll be able to... Intercept Kelly's attack, though. Even if he right. is, okay. if yeah. he's leading yeah. too oh, far, yeah. Yeah. that Kelly's uh, very hittable. Yeah, and, and it's not even only that. It's when he's attacking, it feels like sure he might be trying to land on Rashad. Looking at Tyrone Spong is the guy that Rashad spent time with. Uh, yes, absolutely. Rumble Johnson is the absolutely. guy. So I don't know yeah. if Kelly's going to be able to offer Rashad anything that he hasn't seen before. Now again, we've talked about this. Right, egos involved. In right. This I hung with Tyron Spong and I hung with yes. Anthony Rumble Johnson. This guy's not going to hurt me. And then what? Or, or, or if he doesn't, let's say he doesn't hurt him because the reason why I say the left hand, I don't think Kelly's going to get a knockout. But I think Kelly just needs to make him doubt himself. All he needs to do is hit him hard enough to not even stun Rashad. All he has to do is make him doubt himself. We've seen that in the past. And when it comes to active left hands in the middleweight division, no matter what stance you are, aside from Michael Bisping, Dan Kelly is the most active left hand, whether he's Dutch hand trapping and pushing like Connor, or he's unabashedly throwing it throwing it over the top, he will throw that sucker. And my question is, you know, Rashad should be able to hit him from his offense. Yeah. From his defense, he sh- you know, he should be able to avoid even at his advanced stage. Kelly's very hittable. So again, there's these things on paper like Rashad should be able to do it. But I guess my question is, 
what it goes to Mashad's mentality when he doesn't, and this guy who should have no business, who is this old man, who I'm sure everybody, you know, if every, all the casuals are talking about, I'm sure everybody that's trying to placate to his ego as a friend or otherwise, saying, oh, you're going in there with this old guy, he's got no business, this is your, your welcome back yeah, fight. That's, that's what happens then? That's bad. What you, happens? Yeah, if that's happening, that is bad. You want to be, uh, but if it's happening the other way, where it's like, man, I, I got to do it right because, like, he's just got to be open in there. He's just yeah. got to be able to let it, let it swing, like, and let it flow. Absolutely. Because if he's carrying any of that shit, and we've seen him carry that stuff before, you can feel it in there with him. You know, against Chael, he's like, I'm gonna ruin Chael. Yeah. And that's what, and he, and he performed that way, and he, he performed like he had every belief that that's what was gonna happen, and uh, he needs that, and he hasn't had that for a long time. I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely, and, that, and that's kind of the thing. It's like uh, you know, Kelly again. He's not like a knockout threat, like a Rumble Johnson. And even though he's underrated on the ground, he also has a black belt in jujitsu to go along yep. with judo. Yep. Um, he's not exactly that you know uh, submission threat where he's going to do a flying triangle or anything. But that said, when we're looking at it from a principle standpoint, we have a guy in Rashad who needs to be comfortable traditionally when he was in season, yep. and now that he's coming from layoffs, bad losses, and all these intangibles, yep. it's going to be even more so that he needs he's to feel comfortable. And Kelly's old; he doesn't have knock up out he doesn't have the submission threat but what does he do he makes yeah. fights uncomfortable yeah so that's true. kind of the interesting kind of hinge to this fight to it's true I, yeah it, it hey you know on the main card it's the the fit my fifth most interesting fight but it's crazy right yeah, yeah right really <laughs> no yeah it's true like, yeah no it really is interesting. yeah i agree yeah it's a you weird know? fight but yeah it's interesting yeah. but that's why this this card's so great like those all when that's the fifth and it is a fascinating fight for yes. a lot of reasons and it's still number five on your favorites list it's a pretty spectacular night of fights yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, it, 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 it's, it's one of those weird matches, but that's, that's what's good about this card. We're getting a lot of kind of yeah. uh, different matches, you know, um, across the board and stuff. So I, I'm excited, man. But we're going to jump to the, uh, the next fight on the card. That's after Rashad Evans and Dan Kelly. And I dare say, um, I, I might not only be alone, but we might all be on the same boat. Is this the, this, the, car, the fight you're most excited about? All due respect to the main event. I, I, I think I think we are. Okay. I think we are. Okay, I'm not on. An I'm island. pretty Thank excited for the main event, though. I like. I'll tell you, this main event's pretty. Oh, good. absolutely. But holy smokes, this uh, co-feature is. Uh, uh, would you Would you like to go first and start and have the honors? Uh, I, I'm just. We all know what's going to happen. Yes. We all know what we think. Um, I talked to his coaches today. I talked to so we're talking about the co-main event between Khabib, Habib. I talked to both his manager and his coach. Both times they called him Khabib and they called him Habib. Yep. So wow, I don't know. Wow. So I guess feel free. Guess okay, feel all right, free. feel free, everybody. Uh, Dermago Madoff taking on Tony Ferguson, and it just feels to me that Ferguson has. More paths to victory, and I know this is the buzzword I've been using over the last week. Right, right. But, but uh, the eagle is you have to start. Got to slug first. You got to start throwing punches because if you you don't want to give him any free shots. Right. He knows you're coming to get a hold of him to inside trip to throw to whatever he wants to do to put you on your back so he can. Smash you, absolutely, yeah. or choke you, or that's he just wants to be on top of you, beating the shit out of you, and he knows because it's Tony Ferguson, he's going to have to beat the shit out of Tony Ferguson. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's gonna have to drag this guy down, and he knows once he gets him down, he's gotta hurt him badly yeah. because as soon as he doesn't hurt him badly, Ferguson's gonna get back up. 
So I'm going to have to take them back down and I'm going to smash them for 25 minutes because you're not going to break this dude. No. You're not, he's, he's not going to pull a hammy. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. The fact is that this guy is going to be fighting like a fucking savage for 25 minutes. So you have to make them count. So the plan is stand up. Do we expect him to? That's it. Get in. Because we're looking at watching Khabib at the open workouts. We know he's working at striking. Of course he is. Right, yeah. But his team said, that's not the focus. We know what the focus is. So all of that is, we're going to do what we have to, to try to find an opening, to make this guy defend something, and then get in. Even when he was hitting pads today, uh, it's really interesting to watch him. You know, we think of a combination. One, two, slip my head, step off two. His combination involves the entry to the takedown. One, two, enter the takedown, or one, two, step forward, enter the takedown. He ta he enters into takedowns as part of a yeah. of a pre-planned combination. Lots of people do it, yeah. but he does it in a way that it's, you know, the last punch is the hard punch, say, or yeah, the yeah. second punch is the hard punch, or it's all there to set up the knee. It, it, like, a lot of combinations exist to shoehorn you into something. He's shoehorning into him getting all of you, yeah. and it's really brilliant. They built him it, brilliantly. It's brilliant, yeah. but Ferguson understands that. And during those exchanges, he's going to be attacking too. Yeah. He's going to be attacking, and he's going to be pushing Khabib, Khabib away, and he's going to be moving back away to again if he wants to. These guys seem very confident. Eddie Bravo and his coaches seem very confident that Tony Ferguson has the proper mental state physical state, know-how to deal with everything. They're not delusional. They know that this is going to be very, very tough. But they understand that in the positions that they can do damage, they're going to do damage yeah. against Khabib in this fight. There's going to be a lot of elbows. Yeah, For lots every, of elbows. Every position, there's yeah. going to be a lot of mean elbows. Uh, it's an interesting one. You can we There's a million little conflicts that will happen in that fight. And uh, so many of them don't have answers. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's, you know, they don't have answers. We don't have answers. And that's when the fight's so... We're, the desperation to see the fight itself gets yeah. to that level. Yeah. We don't know. Right. Like, nobody else has been able to even regard him. So can't... Much... Anyways, more than... But there, there's certain... So could he even do that? And if he can, yeah. can he break his posture? If he breaks his posture, can he elbow him? If he gets past, can he regard? But would you, you know, be surprised if he's entering and he tries to get a hold and Ferguson... Travis Brown. Nope. No. No. This he, guy he'll unconscious. He'll be striking mid-defense yeah. uh, yeah. position. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Would you be very surprised right. if right. that happened? Right. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Khabib get on top of this guy. Tight guard from the top and just smash the shit out of him. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Would, would I be surprised if he finished him? I... I would, I would be, be surprised at anything in this fight. I, right, yeah. There's yeah. nothing in this fight that would surprise me. <laughs> I say, here's the one, here's the one fact yeah. before we get into your, yeah. your, your... I don't want to get, you know... Yeah. Part of my mention of this, Robin. Yeah. I don't want to get... I don't mind being on Robin's Island of being banned by Khabib, by the way. And yeah. uh, so I'm going to yeah. press you for a pick as well. But uh, the one guarantee in this fight is that we're going to ha probably have to call up Harvey Keitel's character from Pulp Fiction to clean this up. We're going to need the fucking wolf. We're going to need the fucking wolf. And it's Acura. Yeah, yeah, yes, NSX, baby. <laughs> yeah. It is going to be a vicious, vicious fight, which only exists 
when you have this level of toughness and sort of psychological greatness. It's the only oh, way this wait. exists. Absolutely. You can't do this much damage oh. to a person if they break. Yes. Uh, and oh. unless you're Yoel Romero flying through the air with a single yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or uh, Michael Venom. Michael Page, Page knockout out of the year. This, this is going to feel like a movie, man. You're that's right. right. That's right. And you... we always... We, we can feel those. We've been right on them yeah. with... <laughs> with uh, Lawler and Condit, yeah. Lawler yeah. and yeah. Rory, yeah. 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 and Cobb and Duho yeah. Choi. You just see it. You see yeah, it yeah. materializing. This is what this fight is. Like That's, I'll, 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 I'll tell you one of my a little tangent. Okay. So I went to the. We're here in Las Vegas, and as a fan, I can't remember what year it was. I was a Pride guy. So yeah. me and my buddy flew here to uh, see Pride 32, and it was the real deal, and it was uh, the main event was Fedor and Mark and uh, Mark Coleman. Yep, yep. And the co-feature boat, I think, was Kevin Randleman and Shogun, I think. And the card yeah. was just loaded. I think Dan Henderson fought Vitor. Alistair Overeem was on the card. Oh, it yeah. was just sensational. First fight of the night, Robbie Lawler flew through, through the air and knocked out Joey Villasenor. It was just all I expected uh. it would be. But it cost me a lot of money. Again, I, I, was yeah. working, I was an intern at Fight Network at the time. So I made $0. And then uh, they announced they're coming back to Vegas. And I, I, I'm sorry if the, I'm no, calling no. it Vegas opposed to Las Vegas. No, I'm told. That, you don't believe me. You don't apologize okay. for that. That's so anyway, sure. so uh, I'm like, I, it's like, well, what's, what's the card? And they announced Vanderlei Silva versus Dan Henderson for the middleweight title. And I'm like, oh, I love both of those guys, but I spent a lot of money. I can't really afford to... To do it again, and then I was checking out Sherdog, and they announced Nick Diaz versus Takanori Gomi, and I'm like, oh my god, do you know what's gonna happen in that fight? Well, I don't, but I know it's gonna be a bunch of shit. Yes, yes. So I called my buddy. I said, okay, let's let's go, and we get to see Dan Henderson knock out Vanderlei Silva in the main event. Bonkers. The uh, place went bananas. Top five fights all time for me. Holy that one. That one particular, shit! By the way, and yeah. then Gomi and Nick Diaz. Just Amazing. beating the hell out of each other, and the Gogo Plata, and the failed drug test. Oh yeah, just, the uh, levels. Just, oh yeah, just the magic that went on that night. And this is one of those one of those fights that yeah. was like you just know that some shit's gonna happen. You're making one of my best friends so happy right now in Costa Rica who's working out there. Shout out, Joe. I know you miss UFC. I'm watching fights with us. But Joe was at that same show you were, my friend. Awesome. And he has a picture of Nick uh, Diaz with, uh, I think it was like the only shirt he had at the time that Nick Diaz had. And he's just, you know, Joe's a little Asian. like, ah, you know, freaking out. And, and it's just, it was just this classic thing. Super cool. And I was just kind of coming in as, I could probably just start to call myself a casual fan, probably just right about right after that, where sure. I would follow these kind of big events, these marquee events. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is happening. Okay, yeah, yeah. well, I recognize that Dan Henderson guy or yeah, yeah. Randy Couture versus this guy but yeah it's great looking back on these things man but uh but i even if khabib's listening man what's your pick here <laughs> um, you. you know I, that's the thing picks are so difficult know, for I, me because it's yeah, like it's tough uh, it's like well what we won't hold you to the fire by the way uh, um it's not the kind of show but <laughs> khabib's a winner yeah but ferguson man just his whole the whole thing yeah it's hard for me to bet against this guy because yep. i get to see him today and I see how he wins fights. The only my only concern is the the he's given up things early. Yeah. And Ed's, he allowed Edson Barbosa to do some damage early before coming back. That's that's part of his his appeal is that he has the cojones to, to come back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lando Venata got him early. An inexperienced guy. So that's what I look at is based on that. Can he make the adjustments if right. if Nurmagomedov? 
can drag him down. You have, you have five rounds to do it. Yeah. I feel he can. I feel that Ferguson can do that. But I also can see mm-hmm. the Eagle just controlling him for 25 minutes and winning a decision. I'm, I'm, or even I'm, stopping him. But I'm, I'm with you in more ways than one there. First of all, I'm with you in the sense that... Uh, Again, the pick's just a formality. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm more with you guys on that. Like, it's more about the story. It's yeah. more about the, the fight itself. These are the important things. Picks are just for fun. Yeah, of course. Especially when it comes to... Picks seem almost pointless when it comes to a fight this good because is it really going to change your opinion on either guy who wins? Like, yeah. they're both badasses. Now, that said, I, I do also agree with you on, on Ferguson, and I'll kind of keep it to this. Um, you know, essentially, you know, again, as more of a... Even though I didn't, you know... Um, wrestle collegiately or, 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 for, or for high school aside from, you know, working with the wrestling team there and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm coming from catch wrestling and that. I've got a real appreciation for top game wrestlers, yeah. especially guys who, who you know, uh, wrist feed, uh, wrist ride, leg ride, the, these things. We saw that all day today. We yeah. saw we saw uh, Ferguson use it. Nice. We saw Tyron Woodley use it. Smart. And we saw Khabib use it at the open workouts. It's, and, like, once, it's, like, a, it's like a virus. Once people see something, yes. it's just, it, it catch, they catch it. And they all know how to wrist ride, but as soon as you saw Habib do do Michael Johnson like that, like yeah. he did Michael yeah. Johnson, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And they all saw it. And the next, when I did that breakdown, within a week, you saw you saw Ryan Bader and Musasi both use it to win their fights. That following weekend, it you you just catch it. You're like, oh shit, right? Of course. Yeah. Because the best martial arts techniques are either forgotten or undiscovered. So everything right. you're going to bring that's new to a party is either forgotten or it is yeah. undiscovered. Undiscovered's really fucking hard. Yeah. It is a sure. lifetime of work to discover the, uh, the as of yet un, yet discovered, but forgotten, you can find. You just watch for it. Oh, shit, the, the, the wrist ride. Oh, shit, I used yeah. to run guys yeah. like that in the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a perfect example because, I mean, the, the wrist ride is a perfect example because that's something that, you know, again, credit not... To, to me, the people who taught me, Neil Melanson, who was a big proprietor of hand fighting and teaching the importance of this, it's something that I was kind of aware of, but, you know, the other, the other things thing sneak up on you, but if it's something you're aware of, it's a little easier to see these progressions, so that's why I kind of use that, because, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Once one person uses it, the other, and it's just like, it's so simple. Like that I'll tell people, sense. I'll tell people I'll be on top of me. I'm like, okay, pass my guard. You're yeah. on top half. I'm a loose half. I'm not even going to hold you in this half guard, but what I am going to do is I'm going to take my left hand to your left hand in an inside cross wrist grip, and just that alone, try to get any kind of submission with one hand or try to get any kind of one yeah, pass yeah, one, yeah, when yeah. one hand. And it's just, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's mind boggling how, how stifling it really is. And it's kind of an unsung hero. Habib was setting up the, from, from a, like one over, one under here, yeah. he was setting up to the head and arm on top. Yeah. I Coming love that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was, man. Uh, yeah, which you can't see. But one over and one shoulder and one under right. the armpit and just setting up to an on top. Yeah, it makes was sense. So nice. Makes sense. Makes and sense. And with shit like that. And I'm with and I'm with you guys. If he's able to do that, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And people like to point to the Castillo fight for the path to victory. But the problem is, one Castillo fight is only one small sample size in exactly. the in the big work of Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. It's many fights removed. Exactly. It's over three years ago. Exactly. And there's a principle that I have. Some guys are trying to work things out. Sometimes. Some guys don't work things out. They just do the same thing forever, and it works. Like yep. kind of Mark Hunt, they make little adjustments.
adjustments yep. here and there. Some guys never learn, and some guys do learn. I think Ferguson is a guy that learns, and Agreed. I think that, that that's what we saw. We, we, we wouldn't see him drop to his back for the Darces anymore. Instead, he would set him up from a way, which I'll get into in a second, that I like to do from Mount, but he does it from any fucking where he pleases. Uh, hashtag snap down city. And the reason why I think he's gonna, he, he's gonna be able he's gonna be able to win is because you know I'm more of a you know more of, I don't want to discredit my two self too much say vanilla but I stick to you know the technical stuff and try to explain kind of from that aspect and I'll get into speculation and psychology but sure. I really try to keep everything evidence based from sample sizes we can pull yeah. from um, that that's being, the best way right. yeah. you can float float off into all yeah. types of concepts yes. if you don't stick with an anchor somewhere Agreed. an anchor concept somewhere but every once in a while and, and you could obviously speak to it way more than me Robin but every once in a while thematic thinking kind of takes over your head and what, what what I get with Tony uh, Ferguson is he someone said a uh, shout out to uh, MMA Kelton saying you know everyone's the hammer but not everybody's the nail he said Tony Ferguson's one of the best nails I'm like yeah that's true we can't really say anybody's a good nail so I can't really argue with that and that's a cool thing but I think Tony Ferguson is a presenter okay now presenters exist in all forms of the world magicians the real magic happen the best magicians the real magic happens is when they can set up an environment for the trick to work that's yeah. how magic happens okay 100%. you have to set up that environment and I'm not trying to get into the theory of is a tree falls is anybody there to hear it you know when I say is a bad position or really bad position if you're giving it on your terms but that's what we see it yes it translates to poker the final the final table world series of poker uh, every year there's uh, of course it's silly of course there are good poker players that make it to the final table but it's not necessarily the best ones it's the best presenters they are the guys who were able to present that they had something or even more importantly present that they didn't and make that still work yeah. for them and that's what Tony Ferguson is. We saw that with Hicks and Gracie in the 80s with Zulu, right? Yeah. But, you know, just, just setting the pace with a heartbeat and rhythm and using breathing to kind of stack the deck in his favor to start and then taking advantage of traditional bad positions a la Gracie Jiu-Jitsu or what we perceive as bad positions. Then, you know, the, 90, the 90s would give birth to a new presenter uh, called Antonio Rodrigo Noguera, My who guy. was a great grappler, but he didn't have any wrestling. So yeah. what did he do in the early pride? He would shoot shitty shots on purpose and then he would dive into his deep half game because he would present you with a battle that you could win and who doesn't want a battle they can win? Yeah, yeah. I can stuff a takedown. You're gonna, you're gonna succeed that. Fine. Yeah, yeah. No, the trick's on you because you're grappling with me now, sucker. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I felt that way. And in the same year that uh, Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner won Fight of the Year, which yeah, I just can't even. That was two thousand what five, two thousand five. Yeah, was the same year that uh, Little Nog fought Shogun. Yes. In Pride. Yes. And if you remember that fight, that's exactly what happened. That Little Nog gave up the takedowns to play jujitsu. Yes. Yep. It's like well. I, I, why am I going to play this game when I know I can beat you in this? And it's like it seemed so clear to me at the time that you've seen what he's good at. Yeah. But Shogun's also a good jujitsu guy. Right. So, but it, to to watch that and to see that oh he got taken down. So yeah. no, he got taken down because he wanted to get taken down. He was Absolutely. playing that game. Well, that leads to you know Damian Maya in that Barnburner UC one ninety eight with Matt Brown. He presented the with the half guard drop and Amazing. came up and and that's where I feel Tony Ferguson. He's a presenter. Now this ties dovetails into the snap down city point. Um and and something again. This is one of those things where maybe it's thematic because I feel like I've got a, a understanding when I was where I was kind of talking about it from an earlier fight. There's some guys where you feel like you have a connection with and Ferguson. 
Jason's one of those guys. I'm somebody who will give. I play turtle a lot. I'm a big Eduardo Tellez fan. If, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah, if, of course. If, if familiar with him. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, uh, Neil taught me really good principles of how to play from a turtle, how to play in a Peterson roles, cool. uh, do certain things, and kind of really get your game going from there. So I'm a guy who kind of practices the principle of playing for the long game, right? Of giving bad position to get a better one. And so I kind of understand sure. that. More specific to the snap down city is that like this is something that the way Tony does it is actually you know I, I no way do I'm trying to compare myself to Tony, but in giving myself give, giving you a reference here, y'all a reference and kind of the thought process here is when I'm in mount. Um, I go for guillotines, and it's dark in here right now, but you'll see there's a lot more fingernail scars on this right hand <laughs> yeah, here yeah. than there is on my left hand is because my right hand, we always favor a side, and the right hand is the side I favor to yeah. use guillotines. And I actually have a decent guillotine. I, I like I, 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 can, I can go pontificate for days on different guillotine variations, but the reason why there's a lot of fingernail scars on this hand is because I use them for threats. And pe- by the way, people, chop your clip your fucking nails, please, when you get into <laughs> jiu-jitsu. A, a Dan Tom wouldn't have these fingernail scars in his hands if y'all clip your nails. But what I like about the fingernail scars is it tells me that I'm doing my job correctly. Right, right. Because I don't want that guillotine to get a guillotine. I want you... I'm going to present that guillotine so you have a problem to worry yeah, about. Yeah, and yeah. we saw it with the Lando Venata fight, which, by the way, it wasn't grappling where he got the front headlock. He got it mid-punch roll. And by the way, anytime Khabib, he's a great takedown chainer, but anytime he works in that mid-torso rain, range, there's an inherent front he's gonna headlock there. He's going to get hurt. He's, or he's, he's in a front headlock. Yeah. He's in Tony's kill zone. Forget the, the counters that Michael Johnson that I called for, which were there, even though I was wrong on my pick, which were there. Um, if Khabib makes it past that, he's still playing right into uh, out of the firing pan into the fire. Yeah. And what we saw with the Lando Venata one is back to the guillotine is he initially grabbed a guillotine out of Dars and the reason why is because Venata knew the Dars was coming everybody knows yeah, at this yeah, point yeah. That, 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 that's, that's, that's his move but what the guillotine does is it makes you fight hands and when you have to fight hands it inherently opens up space between the lats and the right. trap and as soon as you get that adjustment I'll feel the same I'll go for a guillotine to go for that and then I'll hop once a guy fights hands then I'll hop off the mount and dismount and just like you know nog Tim Sylvia back to the presenting theory yeah. you give a guy a way out he's going to take it and that's where I make that adjustment to slide in the darts now Tony does it he's so good he does it so in good. midair yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's those things where if Khabib's, forget if Khabib's tired or hurt which is very possible even if he's sober it, it, one law in the action. Could, I'm pretty sure he's going to be sober. Stuff. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, I hope so too. Those <laughs> yeah. Russians, though, I hear the vodka stories in the back room, guys. Yeah, the vodka in Russia is great. Uh, <laughs> Saint Peter, what's the pride of St. Petersburg's Russian standard? No, oh, that's yeah. Oh, that's some uh, good guys, stuff. I'm going to leave you here, and uh, but thanks for hanging. Carry on your thing, and, and, and I'll see you later on tonight. I got a meeting at the UFC, yeah. but it's been a slice. And Dan, I'll see you guys later this week. Absolutely. Peace. Godspeed, Robin. Everybody, be cool. You. Be cool. All right. Now, one more fight to go. We're back here for the main card, the main event even. Man, it's what? here. Uh, I'm going to be a, be a gentleman and, and let my guest go first no, if you want no, to. No, Me? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm right. interested to know. Okay. To, All right. To your thoughts. Okay. Well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll cut the bias here. I had Thompson for the first one. And I think that first fight... Taught, uh, I think proved us all right in a sense because no matter what side you were on, we saw everything. We saw even though it was brief, the leg kick from Woodley, the yeah. takedown, the right hand, right, and then we saw the work rate and the angles and the dictating of range and space, banking rounds and volume of Wonder Boy. So mm-hmm. everything you know, no matter which guy you argue, I think we, the first fight proved everybody right as it was so close. It was inevitably a draw. Now I guess the typical rule of thumb with rematches is who can adjust better. Now I initially came in thinking this is Woodley and Woodley could very well win. By the way. I, for other reasons, I, I'm becoming more of a fan of Woodley for for other reasons. In and out of the cage, the more and more, more yeah. the more and more I'm Big exposed fan. to him. By the way, so I'll be very happy if he wins. By the way, but I, you know, I thought maybe it was my my Kempo karate bias. Well, Dan, you're 
you know, you you have the bias for the karate guys, and you know, and I, I almost like actively work at work, 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 work. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah. Man, I'll admit, watching you know UFC 198, you know, which could be a familiar Rashad Evans and Machida yeah. could be a real familiar yeah. scene here yeah. of a title changing possibly, and uh, and yeah, man, and, and but I think of it more as a, as a, as a duty again. I'm, I'm very, at least I try to be. I don't know if you guys are very self-deprecating, almost to a fault, but you know, I I did I. I, I I did earn myself a black belt and dedicate a lot of myself and, and, and as a teacher yeah. in Kenbo Karate. Amazing. And something that I taught. And, and so as an analyst, there's not a lot of technical stuff out there, which is why I love guys like you know yourself or Robin. Yeah. But even more so, it's hard to speak on the traditional martial arts because it was such a rare thing, first of all, when it came in. It just became this default, like, hot yep. word, right? You know, 100%. And, 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 you know, like, ground and pound or something. And it became this write-off word and almost disserviced it. So that's where I kind of get – I nerd out. I feel like I have to do it a service. But at the same time, I'm, I'm very honest with my biases here. That said, I think the facts for me point to Thompson. And I guess here's why. And I'm definitely excited to hear your take. But as far as adjustments go, I think that not only can Thompson can make the more adjustments, which you can make that, you know, same argument that like we talked about with Ferguson more well on paper, which isn't always the truth, obviously, but it's, it's yeah. an angle for yeah. sure. It's a legitimate yeah. one. But I think his adjustments that he's probably going to make are going to thwart the adjustments that are obvious for Woodley to make, and that is the right hand's the obvious weapon. It's, it's the most potent one in the first place. It's the though? most. That's the that's the, the thing. I think, like many, it should be the wrestling. You know, like like him, like the same thing we talked about Rashad, Rashad and Woodley, that the perfect guys were not. You know, not just athletic, but they are technically very skilled. Rashad Evans was one of the best transitional grapplers at one time. We forget, and I was a hater, like because uh, on the show, Rashad seemed as a one-dimensional wrestler, right? And to see him transition into this spectacular MMA stand-up guy, where he gets to control, he gets to freeze you, yeah, because I'm going to take you down. So yep. you're constantly thinking about that, yep. and then I can knock you out. Yeah. So Willie has that too, though, right? And that's what I, with this fight with Woodley, that he, it feels like, I, I talked to both guys today, and Thompson said the first fight, he just didn't, didn't feel like himself, and he didn't get to do his thing. He didn't get to kick as much. Yeah. So when we were at the open workouts, I would expect a lot, he's going to a lot of, He's going to utilize a lot of sidekicks for defensive purposes. Right. To not allow Woodley to get in sidekick to back out yes to, to reset yeah, yeah and then again it's just going to be non-stop yeah. angles now he said don't be surprised if i try to take woodley down why in the world would you take down the guy with the best percentage i think in all of mma yeah 92 percent right now something insane nice. like ridiculous. that so that's just something to say Are you yeah just saying absolutely that that's art of war just get that out there woodley's like there's no way Josh Koscheck didn't think that about George St. Pierre. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a classic one. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all about deception. So yeah. you're playing this this multi-layered game. In addition, we all know that they're capable of it. We saw right. it. Uh, Thompson told us today, he goes, we misjudged how fast he was in the first fight. We didn't think that he would be able to close distance in the amount of time that I could give myself space to counter. Yes. He got yes. in too fast. Yes. So, and we also saw him use, uh, there was a lot of low kick t attacks today. Yes. So, how do you take away Woodley's mobility and his power? You start smashing those legs. Then you're on one leg with Tyrone Woodley. Woodley can put you down in two seconds. So what is, it? another thing Thompson said, it's just, it's going to be angles and counters. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. So it's just building on the same strategy we, where we saw him in the first fight. Right. Put the 
put the temperature of the fight up, take it to, to Woodley, yeah. let him feel the pressure, get him to react, and then you're countering somehow. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Pinpoint with, with with exactly what you're saying, and there's really interesting tidbits. Thank you for sharing these from the open workout yeah. today, because it definitely gives another full to the oh, whole picture. Yeah. But uh, but, but I, I think I think the wrestling is very potent, and I think the leg kicks are very potent. I think that's the obvious takeaways from whether you're a fighter or a fan, because yeah. you look. He didn't do it as much as we would like him to. We were calling for Woodley to do it before then, and and, and we were well, proven right with the, the effectiveness for the few times he did. How effective the one he thing was Woodley's time. told me today. Okay, he, he said, you know, yes, maybe I could have. Taking him down more because that's the that was the complaint. Yeah. He's like, but just like in, in Thai boxing, you're the, the knockout doesn't come when you force the knockout. You yeah. have to everything has to come organically. Yes, and I got the sense that Woodley's like there was Stephen Thompson knows how to stop takedowns. Yeah. there was no scenario based on my my body mechanics, my energy levels, whatever it was during the fire that he felt it would be uh, worth. His time, or he didn't see the, the opportunity to try to take advantage of that. Is he going to try to create those scenarios in this fight? Yeah, in the rematch. And that's what's interesting is not to, not to not to jump back onto the Rashad thing, but there's another dynamic there again where it's like he's completely right in that statement where they have to be organic, they have to be set up. And if you know, I'm not one to jump on like he's got bad guessing, like a negative. Like I, I accept the science of it, like a Joe Rogan would argue, but I also uh, sympathize it. Uh, not just sympathize it from Woodley's angle, but sympathize in the fact that like. Uh, hey, let's be realistic. What do you expect the guy to do? Forget his muscle mass or not. You expect the guy to just go for takedowns for 25 minutes? Yeah, I mean, let's, exactly. be re- let's be realistic Rusty's with our expectations hard. on this guy. Absolutely. If you've re- that's so, why I don't wrestle. Because re- I've tried tough. wrestling. And wrestling is freaking hard, man. <laughs> it's the toughest practices. Always. Jeez. Always was the toughest. Of all the different martial arts I've done, uh, yeah, it's always that's the toughest. Not, not for me. I, I've tried my <laughs> hand at it too many times. Maybe it's, when I was younger. But the idea of having to wrestle... And I don't know if you've even done like a simulation like of an MMA sparring, but I could tell you this from just even though, like I said, I've only technically got one one amateur fight, but I've got years and years with guys who are pros then or now or top amateurs soon to be for years, and sadly too much, hence the concussion yeah, right. issues that I've had. But um, but 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 yes, man, there there is a there is a certain there's a certain thing, uh, there's a certain tiredness that levels of tiredness for sure. But nothing is more tiring, taxing, and degrading in all the above check marks than shooting for a takedown yeah. and failing. Yeah, right. So, you know, I, again, back to just, just kind of harking that point. But, but, but to the original point, I should say, of the adjustments being the leg kicks and wrestling that I'm kind of picking, pinpointing just, just for obvious sure. reasons, right? Sure. Um, now, how does that play into the potential adjustments of Thompson? Now, here's what I think Thompson's going to do. Thompson's always been a switch stance fighter. But he went mainly orthodox, whereas most of his sample size, he's mainly southpaw. Because like me, I'm similar. I, I'm southpaw. I'm a, I'm a right-hand dominant southpaw. You know, I skateboard a goofy foot. I shoot pull left-handed. Okay, because there's this, this aspect where the power is in my right. It's my dominant hand. But I, I, the way I program it is it's it's more control. I use it more for delicate. So I would draw when I was in art. I would draw more with this hand. Right. Anything that's delicate, I'd control the cue stick. I would oh. conduct the action with the left hand. I would control the board with a surfing cool. or a skating. So I'm getting a little wired in a different way. So... A guy like Thompson makes sense to me, not just with the karate stuff. And he's a lot more optimal with his, even from his punches, not just his kicks, from the southpaw stance. So I was kind of 
wondering why he did it, but when I went back and looked, I'm like, oh, he was intimidating. Uh, it was not intimidating. He was uh, imitating Rory to his game plan to extend, which makes sense um, from their frame to the training history and to his right. capabilities. And like, that's not too far out of the realm to, yep. to, 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 to go ahead and do that. And Rory did to Woodley. What did he do? He crowded him from the orthodox yep. stand. And that's what we saw Wonderboy. You said he misjudged by just a couple beats of distance a couple yep. times, and it was enough to make it a close fight. That's yep. how yep. dangerous yep. Woodley yep. is. Yep. But but that you were very astute there. So my thing is... That distance, like I was saying, with the with the uh, with a body kick from Yuri Alcantara, the southpaw and southpaw, the distance has changed. So I think he's going to go to southpaw to navigate that right hand. We saw a guy like Barnett who doesn't go to southpaw, who's older and who's a heavyweight, use this. You know, Robin talks about uh, tr- you know truths that you know don't necessarily equate that can kind of trick you, like the outside yeah, foot. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that's the, that's the same yeah. thing. You know, everyone says I'm a big fan of outside foot awareness. Believe yeah, me, I yeah, preach yeah, it. I'm a yeah, southpaw, yeah. but that is true. And what's also true is people say, well, the the, the right hand's going to be your best weapon. Well. That all depends. In fact, you know, people don't realize Freddie Roach switched up a young Manny Pacquiao to Southpaw because Manny was getting hit not just in his fights but in the practice room of the right hands. So he switched Manny to Southpaw because of the range, the vision, the distance. And again, it all depends on the athlete. Everybody's wired differently. But some guys are just more comfortable that way when I have more distance to see that lane coming. Sure, it's more technically it's a more powerful lane. For him, yeah, but, but I can see it. Yeah, I can see I, it. I can get out of the That's way. the point. I just don't. I don't care what distance yeah. I'm at. I just don't want to get hit by yeah. the damn thing. Yeah. And I, you know, and so Thompson is the most equipped. So I think we might see him use the footwork we saw him use in not just the McDonald fight where he that was a that was a good example of, of typical outside foot awareness because you can look and he's so disciplined that throughout the whole 25 minutes Thompson puts it, places his foot on the outside of Roy's and completely yeah, takes yeah, away yeah, his jab. Yeah, completely yeah. took away his jab. So that, that that instance it works, but I think it's gonna be more like Johnny Hendricks. But wait, Johnny Hendricks is a southpaw. Yeah. Yes, but what he did was a, a shift that I, uh, in, in, in Kenpo Karate we call opening the gate where from a southpaw stance he will step back and swing into an orthodox and you know guys from OSP to Dominic Cruz do similar variations but what makes kind of opening the gate so special is he does it in a way where he kind of does it to where he's in an orthodox stance and now puts him at an angle to not just land his right cross but he can see right into his opponent's ear yeah, yeah. as you go replay that Johnny Hendricks fight that's what he did now if he was able to navigate that distance for a southpaw which Johnny Hendricks dangerous left hand right yeah, yeah. and that's the lane that, that's the lane he was playing in well against Woodley it's an inact it's a fairly inactive left hand that I was right. talking about so I really think he's going to abuse that angle I thought he was going to do it the first time and I think him and his team are smart enough to make that adjustment to and especially when the adjustment is doing what you essentially have done in most of your fights. What happens if we start seeing the left hand of Woodley? That's that's the thing. That this will be the best fight for him to do it. If there's any fight and I said that for the first fight too, I'm like if there's any fight this is where it is. And it was kind of hard to get a beat because we didn't get a big sample size of Woodley since he moved to Duke Rufus. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was interested in to see. So Duke's, it's like, this is what, this is, if I'm coaching you, yes. if I'm coaching uh, Thompson, these are the adjustments we're going to make. Yeah. Which means he's going to go, he's going to attack to your left side. Yeah. And with Duke, speaking of Duke Rufus, we just saw him equip a Paul Felder really well for an Alessandro oh, exactly. Ricci who switched up southpaw on him. Exactly. And 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 I was and I kind of I wasn't a part of Ricci's camp, but I did some some loose scouting. I'm friends with Angelo Reyes yeah, out yeah, here, yeah. You know, and Angelo yeah. Reyes has got that yeah. kind of Manny yeah, Pacquiao yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, He I, was working on that southpaw thing. Yeah. So I was even more impressed to see Paul Felder, who actually has a decent left hand. He doesn't yeah. throw his right hand as much yeah. as you yeah, stereotype yeah, from yeah, power yeah. guy. But it was a different. There was a different craft to that, and I got to credit uh, Duke Rufus to that. So yeah, it's absolutely something to look out for. That's fun thing. fight, man. You have fun to fight. anticipate that Tyron Woodley's going to be evolved. Like he, yes, he, he is evolved. Look, look what he's done. Look yeah. at the people he's faced. Yeah, he beat Robbie Lawler. He beat Carlos Condit. He went to a draw against Stephen Thompson, and the two best rounds of that fight were his rounds. Yeah, yeah. If anybody came close to finishing that fight, there's no question who that was. He. The, the fact is, you're you're dealing with a game day performer who understands how to win. 
He's going to... He understands his opponent. Dean Thomas is his guy, for oh, yeah. God's sakes. I, I, much respect to Dean, to Dean Thomas, by the so way. So it's, it, it's going to be a hell of a fight. Who made the proper adjustments? It doesn't feel like Woodley feels like he actually needs to make a bunch of adjustments. My two weapons, this or the takedown. It's a fun style of battle for yeah. us either way, man. So I, I I wouldn't complain if he doesn't, but I'd definitely be looking if he does because, yeah, you're right. Willie's very underestimated. You know, the simplicity of his game is kind of the beauty of it is yeah. that he draws people exactly. in. And people, people, including myself, early on, miss that. So. Yeah, I know. He can get there. He gets there first. Man, this was fun, John. It was fun. I, I, I really, I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm happy. I, I wasn't sure I was going to get an episode. I did like three or four podcasts. None of us were my own. And people are like, are you going to do your podcast? I honestly don't know. And Robin reached out and I'm like, you know, I, I'll, I'll hold him to that. I'll go meet up with these guys and chat for sure. And I'm thank you, thank you so much for coming rock on, man. Rock and roll anytime, brother. Well, again, fellow MMA nerds, and I mean that in a complimentary form. Recognize real, recognize real. I should maybe I'll just keep it at that. And uh, much respect. Thank you for coming on, John. I hope the rest of your trip here is good. And uh, I'm glad to have made a new friend. Thank you for coming. I love on. the city, and brother, we are now friends for life. Uh, sounds like a deal. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, John, is there anything you want to plug before we go? Anything you got at Fight Net? Anything you, anything you want to plug? Or anything? Uh, again, we just uh, try to do our best, fightnetwork.com. You can check us uh, our shows out on, on YouTube, uh, Five Rounds, where Robin and I talk about, really, we just run the scope of everything that's cool and uh, anything that's topical and anything that uh, we decide to go on a rant about. So we just, uh, if you want to listen to stuff that uh, we have to say, come and check us out, and I'm sure you'll be entertained. Absolutely, man. And again, we had we had a ghost from Junkie on last time, and I like having these guys who have been in the scene for a while. And if you've been a part of this MMA scene, even if you're not Canadian, you know the Fight Network. They're always producing good stuff. And if you know the Fight Network, you know these two guys. So please support support that channel, support their work. It is quality, and it's what we need. Thank you for supporting this. Follow us at the PYN Podcast. Use hashtag Protect Your Neck Podcast for any questions, hot takes, or top five lists when we do those episodes. Otherwise, look for an after-party edition where I'll probably be drunk and ranting about an awesome night of fights. And we will see you next time. Peace.